Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's night. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we look back at the movies of 1999 from our seat here in detention in 2018. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Kenny Dybart. And I'm Phil Liskov. And with us today is a television writer, producer of the originals and Narcos, yep. Ashley Lyle. Yep. Thank you for coming. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you for <laughs> Choosing this, you're, you're film. the first one to say you're welcome, which I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, well, yeah, I, no, I do. Yeah. Feel, I do feel welcome do. to your presence. Yeah. Um. Thank you for choosing this film. Um. No one else would have chosen this film. Oh my God. No one likes this movie. I swear to you, it's probably ten or fifteen people have said everyone's I've, favorite. Movie. Everyone. I've actually had a movie. couple of weeks of regret. <laughs> Because I've now realized all the movies that I would have preferred to do, but I had heard that this was a hotly contested it was. property. High demand. And my, it's yeah, it's and not my, anymore. No, and my competitive spirit got the best of me. Oh. And I was like, well, then it's mine. I was shocked. I was shocked that you were I know, competitive. I know. So I got, it's 10 Things I Hate About You that we're talking about today. The movie that uh, yes. is a lot of people really love this movie. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's a lot of stuff in it to like. Yeah. I don't know if love's the word I would choose, but there's a lot of love for this movie out there. There is. Uh, it is a perfectly cromulent movie. Are we... <laughs> okay. uh, I don't know what that word means. Uh, it, cromulent <laughs> means that it gets the job done. Then that's a fair assessment of this movie. It, it, yeah. it checks a lot of boxes. It is competent. <laughs> Competent. Yeah. Um, it is a movie but I also, with actors. <laughs> they go in front of cameras. Yeah. They light it. They say words. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I think that 
I also want to be above board and say that I'm not convinced that I had ever seen this movie from credits to credits entirely before. Uh, or sat down in front of and watched, I guess is maybe the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember it coming out in 99. I remember it being a thing. Mm-hmm. But I remember not having much of a draw to the theater to see it, which says something, as people who listen to this podcast know, I saw a lot of movies in 99. It is kind and, of amazing you didn't see this in 99. Yeah, and I, and I don't mean to... That sounds like I'm shitting on the movie. I'm not. I just think that it just kind of... No one in this movie, at the time anyway, like Heath Ledger wasn't really Heath Ledger, and, and Julia Stiles wasn't Julia Stiles, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like, all these people who now have careers at the time just was not something that really pulled me in. Um, so I sat down and watched the movie the other day. It's a very nice movie. It's a good movie. Like, it doesn't. It's, it has no ill intent. I just also don't think that it's a movie that's, like, really striving for anything particularly bold or exciting either i didn't expect you guys to come in and i it's clear you don't hate it but you didn't come i didn't expect you guys to come in and kind of being like yeah there's not much there i liked it more than you guys i think and i feel like you will turn me around like i'm in a place on this movie where i'm sort of like I liked it fine, but convince me of why it's great, and I probably I'm not going to give you two. It's great because this is. I'm going to. I'm going to read you the beginning of my notes because okay. this is how I feel. I feel like this. Is a, it's a. It's an extremely. It's polarizing within itself, right? So, yeah, I agree. I that. said this movie is either awesome or terrible. Styles a style is a ten. I love the style of the movie. I thought the dialogue. Oh, I think Styles. No, I love the style. I love the yes, style of Julia the styles, movie. Yes. Um, I thought the dialogue was a 10. I thought the tone is a 10. I thought the quirkiness was a 10. I thought the performances wow. were mostly good. I liked the music. Oh, wow. Okay. Krumholtz was better than I thought. Andrew, <laughs> that I agree with. Andrew yeah. Keegan was better than I thought. Larry Miller was funny, <laughs> and I thought their house was amazing. Those are the good stuff. The their plot, house is amazing. The plot is ludicrous. Uh, Cameron, who is Jordan, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, is really unlikable. Um, and he's the biggest problem in the movie. Uh also, he really only likes uh, Alex Mack. Yeah. Because she's hot. Yeah. Um, they lean into that, though, in fairness. But they don't ever take him to task for it. No, but, I mean, they don't take anyone to task for anything almost anything in this movie. movie so. that, what, what he, but that's the most egregious thing, I think, a character a, a character that we're supposed to be rooting for does. Right. Okay. Um, and uh, what else do I have? Heath never does anything. Heath's character's bizarre and ridiculous. Um, he's Wait, bo- but hold on. You just said that the you said the dialogue was a ten. Yeah, I think that's that, kind of it's hand I, in hand with what we're. Is it a ten no, out of what car- scale are we working 10. on? Out of a, <laughs> no, no, I don't mean a ten out of ten. I mean like 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 a ten. Like it's just it's great. Um, okay, he, okay. He, there's a difference between characterization and dialogue. I'm I'm sure, but I it's guess like, you can't. Have, it's you like can't this, have 10. it's like this idea that like Titanic can't win the best, can't win, be nominated for best screenplay because the dialogue's not great. There's more to a screenplay than oh, dialogue. I would 100 sure. percent agree with that. I just don't maybe agree with the whole ten. All right, <laughs> and the last part is Styles is either amazing or awful. Same for her character. That's true. That's true. Can't figure that out if she's amazing or awful. Yes, and I can't figure out whether or not that character is amazing or awful. I, that, I mean, here's here's. I, Okay, you guys you, you, go. You go, you go. I think the most interesting thing about the movie is that I think after about half an hour, I kind of paused it. It's like, I think I'm supposed to hate all these people, but the movie is not giving all the, the usual cues for you're supposed to hate all these characters. So there's this like weird cognitive dissonance where everyone's sort of awful and unlikable, 
But the movie's not telling you that you're supposed to think that overtly. So you're like, what? I don't think you're supposed to hate anybody except Andrew no, Keegan. I, and I mean, no, but the they they make it very clear early on that you're supposed to hate Bianca early. Like they make her so egregiously vapid. That may be true. I, I would agree with that. I my this and I think I think to piggyback on what you're saying, Ashley, is something you actually texted me the other day, which I think is is apt. That there's sort of this push and pull going on in the movie in general where it's it kind of wants to be clueless but it kind of wants to be election yeah it's got edge in it and from some of the research that i did a darker movie exists somewhere underneath this there was a darker script that had suicide attempts and any number of things that's in a it. true story that's a true story yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a there's a darker script here that is sort of trying to come out a little bit and you can see it in some of these jokes that are like weirdly I don't know. There's, just, there's, there's, a, there's a subversiveness that they're shooting for yes. that they never quite commit to. I, that's Yes, that's a better way of putting it. So I think that that is a little bit of it. I think on top of that, you do have the taming of the shrew of it all, which is that they're sort of trying to remake that. That's, a devi- that's just, to me, that's just a device to get it sold. I mean, but, but a device at the time, there was a lot of Shakespeare reboots happening at that time. I mean, Romeo yeah. and Juliet launched a thousand ships and a bunch of different movies, and this movie was riding on those coattails. They also like misguidedly stick to the the Shakespearean dialogue at in times. random moments yeah. for yeah. almost no reason. But some of the Shakespeare stuff I didn't hate. Like there was like I liked the archery stuff, and I liked you know I, I liked that last name's Verona, and I mean I just that stuff was. Well, they all they me. all kind of have yeah. Shakespeare. Yeah. Well, it's all based it's on all, the characters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that stuff didn't that didn't bother me. Like that's that's a cute nod. I sure. actually think they don't commit to it enough. Well, I would I would just say this movie doesn't aspire to greatness. It aspires no. to competence. And and, and, <laughs> the and, gold ring and no, no, no I'm very serious about that because because that's only Verona has nothing to do with Taming the Shrew. Yes, right? Your no? character's name. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Moving on. <laughs> I think I think you nailed it. When I, I think it's like the script wanted to be this really dark, more like drop dead gorgeous election dark comedy. I think the writers the, wanted the, that. Yeah, the yes. writers wanted that, and then the director and the wanted to make director. an ABC Family yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I fully agree with that. What I'm, what I'm what I'm getting at though is I think that's okay. Like I think that that's. I, th- I think that there's a there's a place. I think it's literally okay. It is it is literally okay, <laughs> but I think there's also a place for this kind of movie, which is like, sure. Why did why did this movie leave a better impression, a, la- a more lasting positive impression on uh-huh. me than she's all that, for instance? Which like I really only like ironically, right? Like, huh. um, which you haven't seen in a very long time, though. But, like, I've so. seen it enough. I've probably seen it, like, 50 times. I've probably seen this movie, like, 50 times. Oh, wow, okay. This movie left a stronger impression on me because it was just a little more subversive. Because it was a little cooler. Because the tone was just a little darker. But also, this isn't Jawbreaker, which you're never going to watch again. No, Jawbreaker no, is never. fucking terrible. People Ooh, love Jawbreaker. Wait till you hear our wait podcast hear on Jawbreaker. Oh Jawbreaker oh episode. Coming soon. Okay. Yeah, very soon, like a couple um, weeks. Yes. No, I mean, in a weird way, though, I <laughs> actually came, think... Or it came a couple of weeks ago, and everyone is listening. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know. Where, where yes. everyone is. Oh, that's weird. Um, <laughs> I think that I like 
choose all that more for the same reasons. I feel like this is trying so hard to be a little bit cooler and a little bit darker. Mm -hmm. And because it doesn't totally succeed and it's a little bit transparent in those attempts, where she's all that is just sort of so naturally lame in a way that I I think actually translates well. Where it's not trying to be cool and it is, thus it is naturally lame. It's naturally with you. lame. Like that that Usher Dan I mean the whole thing, I'm just like, you are being exactly who you are. You're not aspiring to be cooler than you are. And I think I like it more because of that. But there's also the Freddie Prince Jr. factor in she's all that as well. Like I, I to put these two characters I don't know what, I don't know what that I don't means. know what you mean by that. Well, I'm what, what is the Freddie <laughs> I, I if you let me explain I will. Yeah, no, no. I'm just gonna just gonna keep asking you. All right, what is? I'm it? saying putting putting Freddie Prince Jr. next to Heath Ledger, for instance. Are I mean, Freddie Prince Jr. has a very kind of like boyish kind of quality to him. That's just he's very. There's no edges. He's to a. Prince Jr. He's a. Dork. <laughs> he's a big rounded. He's a big rounded circle. He's yes. a. Yeah. He's a dork. And but this is kind of I I understand where you're where you're both coming from and I think I probably fall somewhere in between the two of you on this movie. She has all that I have not seen in a very long time. I'm excited to rewatch it, um, and we'll have an episode about that and it'll be great. But with this particular film, I think that the t- the, the there's a there's a dissonance between what the script was hoping to accomplish and then the director's actual yeah. execution of said script. Well, I, I think I, that I if you would put this okay. in the hands of a different filmmaker. We might have had a, a movie that was closer to kind of what you were talking about that had a little bit more edge to it and didn't like go so broad with some of I these jokes. And- I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like I I didn't need it to be right election. Right? Like I didn't sure. need it to be like I, I don't think that there's election in there, right? I don't think there's anything like particularly profound or interesting in there. I think what's in there is a pretty pretty surface level story. Uh-huh. Um Somewhat poorly told, but a pretty service level story about two pursuits of sister about the pursuit of two right. sisters by these two guys. But that's that's almost where I think interestingly this movie gets better in the later part. Like the third act, I think might yeah. be the strongest mm-hmm. act of the movie, and I think it's because that's when they lean into the the more straightforward sort of emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. And that I think it's pretty good at. And it's when it's dropping, it's attempt at like the really slick, stylized teen speak dialogue and all the the attempts at kind of subversive humor. I think that it gets better when it just becomes a straightforward teen romance. I don't really disagree with you. I mean, I'm really trying to thread a needle here by saying it needs all those things that you're talking about to be the kind of movie that you're happy to watch over and over Mm -hmm. again. But if it didn't have those little hints of darkness and hints hints of subversion, I wouldn't feel so good about myself watching it over and over again. It wouldn't, it, this doesn't feel like a guilty pleasure in the way watching She's All That feels like a guilty pleasure. And I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at. I, I mean, I, I can see that. I mean, I also feel like I was a little aged out of this movie. And you know what I mean? Like, if, Same, I, was, I, if I was 15 or 16 or, or even younger, 13 or 14 when this film came out, I'm sure, like the many people that we've reached out to, this would be one of the top movies that I'd want to talk about. Because I imagine it was a very sort of, you know, hits you right in that sweet spot of adolescence. This film has just enough edge that it speaks to you and makes you go like, Ooh, there's some subversive qualities to it. But it's also a sweet, good natured movie that, you know, everybody gets the girl and blah, blah, blah. And it is what it is. So I, I just, you know what I mean? I think that if I was a little younger, this film might be, might be clueless for me. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. No, but <laughs> let's use this opportunity. Let's use this opportunity. That, 
Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, let's I use this opportunity great. It's to empirically it's really great. ask generous of you. Ask so. Ashley a little more about herself. Yeah, oh, okay. we didn't ask you any questions. Where were you in 1999? Just for a little context. I was in college. Okay. I was in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, where Kenny is from? Right. Oh, I, I didn't am. know that. Where are you from? I'm from New Jersey. The where great, the great state of New Jersey, Monmouth County, Jersey oh. Shore. What's the Belmar? Of course, you're from Belmar. I'm from Belmar. That's awesome. I know. As one of the being the from few, Belmar is kind of not the best example. Kind of like being from Malibu. Wow. Place a lot of people. <laughs> that sounds so much better than what being from Belmar is like. Being but only in that Belmar is a vac- Malibu, Bel- Belmar is a va- is a vacation <laughs> town. Oh, okay. It is. Um, so, so Ashley would be, I believe, what you would call a townie. Oh. Big time town. Um, yeah. And and that's an interesting thing. Do you, to, do you I leave feel in like, the summer or do you stay? No, you're there full year, yeah. all year round. The the town would grow in exponentially. So there were something like seven thousand full time residents and it'd go up to like seventy thousand. Seven thousand full time residents? Yeah. Just hating the other sixty three. A hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, get the yeah. fuck out get of my town. <laughs> Well, that, the, that was me the one term, weekend. The term year. was Benny, uh, which I've been told actually stood for Bayonne, Elizabeth, Newark, and New York, because all the all the people who come down are from North Jersey, New mm-hmm. York area. But um, I think to just clarify how little my town is like Malibu, it was <laughs> <laughs> just to really stress that. It, just to really stress that it was about twenty minutes north of where they filmed Jersey Shore. It was. Seaside Heights adjacent. <laughs> okay. Yes. Right. It was Belmont. Look, there really is no Malibu of New Jersey. Uh, so, so, I mean, there you know. But Belmar is not seaside. It's not seaside. It's it's like the classy seaside. It's lovely. Yeah. The lovely it's a lovely place. It's interesting to meet someone who actually grew up there and went mm-hmm. to, you know, the schools there. It's one of those you know, Oh, I didn't go to the schools. <laughs> would you, let's keep going. My Where'd you go? Uh, I went I went to school over in the Princeton area. Where'd you go? I went to Lawrenceville. Lovely. Did yeah. you did you live there? I did. Wow, yep. boarding school. Boarding school. We just did outside Providence. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that movie? I haven't seen it for a long time. I feel like I remember thinking that they got some things right and some things very wrong, and it must have just been a very different school yeah. experience because there, there's a lot of specificity to each school and and the culture of that school. So that movie's mm-hmm. also very much from a boy's perspective. Yeah, you know what I mean, like it's, yeah. it's very just, much it's very masculine. So yeah. I imagine boarding school is very much from a boy's yeah. perspective. Enough, so enough, yeah. Um, yeah. So you uh, in '99. Uh, did you see this film in 99? Do you think? I did, if I remember correctly. And I remember thinking it was fine. Right. Like, I think I had the same reaction then that I had now. Right. And I, I got really pumped up because they open with, with one week. And I was like, <laughs> yes, this is going to be so much better than Some I remember. Ladies. And yeah. I was like, no. Well, then they turn off one week yeah. and turn up, I believe, Bad Reputation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which I know that that's yeah. supposed to be the like cool, badass, the yeah. cool badass song, but I was like, can we just go back to the very naked ladies? <laughs> well, also, did that predate Freaks and Geeks? No, they probably it was probably at the exact same time. Freaks and Geeks literally was airing probably as this movie. Yeah, no. so it's just a weird coincidence. It came out in '99, but it might have been fall of '99, and this is March. So, but anyway, yeah. when I hear that song, that's all I can think is Freaks. And Geeks. Yeah, they play the song. I went to see Taylor Swift this weekend, buddy. Dope. Um, and uh, just brag about so it. So did my six-year-old daughter. 
And your wife. And, 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 my, and my wife, who's not six. Um, and uh, they, you know how they have the, the music before the show or whatever? And they were playing that song. Bad Reputation. Yeah. Because obviously the album's called Reputation. Whatever. And I was like, mm, this song is so much edgier than anything on this album. But It's a good song. It's a good song. No, uh, they're both good songs. So it was a strong, it's, it's a strong, it's a strong open. open. And, then, and, and then, and considering how few needle drops there are in this movie that make much of an impression, right out of the gate, they got these two good ones. And then like... I think we've it's had, that in the semi-sonic, basically. I think well, that and, and Ayers, uh, Sexy Boy. Oh, there is Sexy Boy, which yeah. is so weird in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Especially considering, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> Virgin they, they play a pretty big role in another movie. Yeah. But uh, there's, I think this is our third, like, significant Bare Naked Ladies needle drop. I can only remember... Um, I'm Ed TV. Ed TV. And wasn't it also in um, Idle Hands? Maybe wasn't there an Idle Hands moment? There might have been. I remember Ed it TV. Call an answer. TV. Yes. Call an answer. Yeah, it's yes. a great song. It's a beautiful lead is great. Beautiful scene in a beautiful movie. <laughs> Kenny really loves Ed TV now. Okay. If you haven't seen oh, Ed so TV, good. actually, you would actually really like it. I think I would. I don't think I've ever you, seen it. Well, because of the whole reality television and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. As Kenny is a big aficionado of reality television as well. I do. I love reality TV. Uh, as am I. That movie was surprisingly prescient. You should okay. check it out. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so 99 was a big year in movies. Did you see a lot of movies in the theater? You were in New York. You were in school. I was like really deeply ensconced in right. being like a snob and an asshole at that point. <laughs> just now, just then. Yeah. Not anymore. No, there, I mean, we've, we've discussed this, yeah. but it was in 99. Um, a friend of mine actually dug up the footage of this, which is horrifying, but I went that year to see Slater Kinney mm-hmm. at, I think it was at Irving Plaza and, um, no MT- snobs nor assholes there. <laughs> <laughs> not not a one. And uh, MTV News was there, and they were interviewing people. And oh, so this they, is so wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So they interviewed me, and the, the topic at hand was um, Slater Kinney versus Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. So I... Because you know, that's they, a fair fight. They, yeah, that's a fair fight. And, <laughs> and, common comparison. Yeah. No, and I, I don't even remember exactly how they phrased the question, but it, so it resulted in like a... 15 minute diatribe from me about the the fact that Slater Kinney has this purity it's of a, artistic vision that they then played over Britney I'm, Spears I'm videos dying on MTV inside News. for you yeah. right now. I, you, yeah, no, this footage exists. Because I, I would have I would have done the same thing. I've seen the footage and it is magnificent. Oh yeah. I had a lot to say. <laughs> it is truly amazing. How do you feel how do you feel about Britney now? I, I literally was just upset that I could not get tickets to see Britney in Vegas. I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. That's that's so, how everybody feels about yeah, Britney. Yeah. yeah, no. But you've um, also we I've also really, went to see Slater. I've really come full circle. Ago, so, I did, and, but you know, you know what was hilarious about that is I spent half of that time being like a little bit annoyed at how many celebrities were at that show. Yeah. So the whole you know. I was annoyed at the fact that it was at the Palladium and it's such a flat you can't see shit. Like, yeah. Just, not a great venue for seeing. I agree. I've seen a couple concerts there. I would never go there again. Like just. Anyway. Um, I would never go to a concert again. So much work. Concerts can be great, but they are a lot of work. Just a lot of work. So tired. I, well, you know, kids. I mean, like, honestly, that Taylor Swift concert, and mm. I love Taylor Swift, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, my wife came back from it as, as if she had come back from, like, seven years in the Persian Gulf. <laughs> yeah. She's just, she's just, I, I well, will never, here's ever will subject say. myself and, to and we, that. We probably and, shouldn't dedicate too much time to Taylor Swift's concert at the Rose Bowl, <laughs> but I will say. Which will have happened six weeks ago. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
But it was, I've only seen one other concert at the Rose Bowl, which was Beyonce, um, and, and equally a, a shit show in terms of getting in and getting out of that venue. We were at a standstill, didn't move in our car for an hour before it even started moving in order to get out of there. I mean, it really is a, is a pretty horrific experience. But once you're actually in the venue, I mean, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I bet it was awesome. It was a fun show. Yeah. Uh, she's not on the soundtrack, though. She was um, 14. She was... How old was she? No, because Maybe Drive younger. Me Crazy features two Britney songs. Well, we were talking about Taylor, but yeah. Oh, you were talking about Taylor. What's the second one? Um, it, it has a... Is it that awful song, the slow one? Sometimes I run, sometimes... <laughs> now I can't even remember. Or, that, wait, that awful song it's actually was... possible that they just use crazy twice. Wait, let's see. Because, I mean, they definitely use crazy for sure. Because they use it They use it at the party scene, and then they use it... Incidentally, the, the movie I most wish that I had not let my cons- my competitive spirit get the better of me. Dri- I love Drive Me Drive crazy. crazy. I fucking love that movie. What are the other ones that you um, thought about? Um, Drop Dead Gorgeous, mm-hmm. I've always really liked. Um uh, election, Virgin Suicides, basically all the teen movies I like better than 10 Things I Hate About You. Do we have, oh, I, I, I'm going to try to get Adrian for driving crazy. Yeah, yeah I'm sure he's listening. I mean, truthfully, it is, that, I don't, I, I don't it know how, to happen. I don't know how easy that's going to be. Come on. We're not in current contact, but I will, uh, I will, You're gonna make, I will it happen. make it happen. Yes. Uh, but you can, come, you can go back for it as a, as, I as have a big fan. so many thoughts. I am, it is in my, it's definitely in my top three teen movies of all time. I just watched it again last night after I watched this because I needed to watch something better. How good is it? I've never seen this movie. I've never seen it either. I don't want to oversell it because part of the beauty is going in with really low expectations. I feel like it just got As buried. With most great movies. Most people don't even know it exists. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yes, I I love it. I love it. Like genuinely, have so many. Is it, strong emotions really, about well, it. Thomas wrote it. It's like it's it's, oh, then, it's really yeah. good. Then, then I'm sure uh, I'm not even. He's sure great. It's Melissa Joan Hart is great. You just you love everyone in it. Um, it's it's. Uh, Britney Spears is only on the soundtrack once. Okay, so but, they just play it. But twice. you know who is on the soundtrack? Very naked ladies. Very naked ladies. It's all been done. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Been, it was that song that's in it. That's on track. Yeah. yeah, Jars of Clay, Backstreet Boys, Matthew a, Sweet, Phantom Planet. It's a better soundtrack a than this one. Sound. This yeah. soundtrack on this movie is it's actually no, not Drive Me great. Crazy is superior to Ten Things I Hate About You in literally every way. We should do. No, I'm not kidding. You Phil? haven't even seen it. You don't know if that's well, true. I'm just. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, okay. So I, I don't know. I'm withholding judgment. We talk about doing a 90s music episode. 90, we are, we are 99 doing 99 music episode. Yeah. I would also like to do a Bare Naked Ladies episode. On my <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that. I fucking love that will, them. I mean, and, they, and they're so we obviously the band listeners. of the year. More listeners. So you, we should, don't uh, you should get us to do our soon. cover. Yeah. Mm. Ashley uh, and Alice Nicola are in a um, 90s cover band. That's oh. true. Would you ever accept like a guest singer for one moment? <laughs> Anything, did you not anything's hear, possible. Did you not hear the way I just sang sometimes like, by Britney Spears? I did. I was taking. Uh, I oh was taking notes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so if you if you do need a you know baritone and but they okay. but who, who will not sing back up. Ashley <laughs> can sing one week from uh, top I, to bottom. You can. pretty consistently. I did. Yeah. I yeah. I, I got put in charge of the rap. It was great. The finest of the flavors. Mm-hmm. You have oh to set a wave here. <laughs> So it's, it's the real fast part. That part. Yeah, that, yeah. I just did it. I just did the whole thing. Uh, let's talk about ten things I hate about you. Uh, um, ten things I hate about this movie. All right. 
Uh, I'm not sour on it. I just, I yeah. now I feel so like. So give us an Now I feel like it's going to be one of those podcasts. No, we so. got we got we got to get this back on the rails. <laughs> yeah. uh, so synopsis: In a modern retelling of William Shakespeare's *The Taming of the Shrew*, Cat Stratford, played by Julia Stiles, is a beautiful, smart, and quite abrasive to follow. All right, is beautiful, smart, and quite abrasive to most of her fellow teens, meaning that she doesn't attract many boys. Unfortunately for her younger sister Bianca, played by Larissa Olenek. Olenek. Okay. Yes. Sure. Uh, house rules say that she can't date until Kat has a boyfriend, so strings are pulled to set the dour damsel up for a romance. Soon, Kat crosses paths with handsome new arrival Patrick Verona, played by Heath Ledger. Will Kat let her guard down enough to fall for the effortlessly charming Patrick? Is it Patrick Verona like the head of the uh, Writers Guild or something? That's Patrick Verona. <laughs> um, and he's not anymore. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, 10th is a hit about you opened on March 31st, 1999 in second place with $8.3 million behind the matrix. What was uh, in third? What did it beat? Uh, it beat, uh, it's a, uh, the out of towners. The Can't wait to do that. Steve Martin, Goldie <laughs> Hawn movie. Yeah. Which I'm not really looking forward to talking about. Uh, 10th is a hit about you went on to gross $53 million worldwide under $30 million budgets. Modestly successful. 10th things I hit about you has 62% on Rotten Tomatoes. Moderately successful. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, I mean, but a beloved movie that definitely had a huge, huge legs on video. It's on ABC Family or Freeform or whatever. Also we're spawned it today. a TV show, it, a short-lived. TV whatever, show. Uh, yeah. but which was directed by same Gil, guy, a uh, Guild Younger, I believe. Is how that you guy directs a lot of TV. A lot of TV. He does. That guy. When I was at UTA, uh, a lot of TV. When we did director, yeah, you obviously remember what I'm talking mm-hmm. about, right? You'd have to call yep. every single production office and ask who was directing the episode for god knows what reason oh it's for uh for oh my god i had to do them it was i did too yeah where you you had to find out the writer and director of every episode so that you could do tapings and airings so that you knew what so that the agents could watch the episodes of it gil younger did one like every yeah he was constantly here's another little tidbit on uh, gil younger uh he wrote and directed a thematic sequel to 10 things i hate about you called 10 things i hate about life a uh, romantic comedy about a young woman and a young man who meet and fall in love just when they're about to kill themselves. Uh, Hallie Atwell was attached at one point, but Evan Rachel Wood eventually became the lead in this movie. Wait, this got made? Hold on. It gets better. In 2014, though, the producer sued Wood for more than $30 million because she dropped out of the incomplete film. She stated the film shut down before production in 2013. The producers weren't able to pay her a salary. Uh, it was. It has been literally scrubbed from Evan, Evan Rachel Wood's IMDb page. The only way you know she's in it is because there's a poster that has her name and an image. It's super weird. It's not a movie. It's not a movie that ever found. It's also it's not super even, weird that just four years ago she was like doing that bullshit. Well, there's that too. Now she's mm-hmm. the you know? lead on Westworld, but yeah. and she's an awesome actress, and I love her. But what's weird is that this movie. I, I guess it, it went through starts and stops. She got pregnant at one point, and they couldn't shoot for. Long Big story mistake. short, this movie isn't a movie that exists, but it's kind of does. Where is this on the Evan Rachel Wood timeline of dating Marilyn Manson? This is post Marilyn Manson. Later. This is this okay. is Jamie Bell when she uh. was dating, not married, but had his child. I feel like it would attract better. <laughs> yeah. No, the suicide angle yeah. with the Marilyn Manson thing definitely yeah. feels like that tracks. She had a yeah. she 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 had some dalliance with the dark side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, Jamie Bell's great. That's Jamie Bell's great. Yeah. she's with. Um, I think I think she's with a woman. Mm, Isn't she not? Isn't she? Guys, I'm not. We should, we should know these things. Up to date. She's great podcasters. though. I like her. She is great. Uh, yeah, she. 
Oh, she was with this guy. They were in a band together. Rebel in a basket case. She, her and this guy were. Yeah. Let's move past this. She's not in this movie. Uh, she's fantastic. Who she's is in this, this movie? Uh, Julia Stiles in this movie. Heath Ledger is in this movie. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, mm-hmm. David Crumholtz. Allison Janney is in it for five minutes at the top of this movie and then disappears for no good reason. Yes, Kenny, do you have, am I, are you pushing for something? That, all right, so a very clear example of how this movie is a little more subversive yeah. and funnier than most of movies like this. Where Janney's character, there are three, there are three adult characters in it. I can't remember the third. It was Janney's character. It was uh, the, the, the tension. The yeah, Larry Miller too, I guess. Um, there are three teacher characters. Or, it's Joe, Joe Isuzu, oh, the, the empty nest guy. <laughs> yes. The empty nest guy, yes, empty exactly, guy. yes. And then there's the, the, the English teacher. teacher. Yeah. So the English teacher. So Who raps Alice at one and, point. Yeah, yeah, so Alice and Janney is like writing romance novels mm-hmm. in, yeah. her, in her office. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Isuzu, is that his name? From I mean, empty not, no, that's not his actual <laughs> name, but. Oh, was, was that his name in Empty Nest? Wasn't that his name on the show? Who's it? I know. <laughs> This that guy, was like the, if you the could have seen the blankness was, that Ashley just looked at he was famous for. <laughs> I don't know. It's not his it actual name. I don't What's your point is, about the older characters? That guy was smoking pot or like stealing pop brownies from his kids. Uh, the English teacher. He, he confiscated the oh, pot right. and then yes, he confiscated sorry. the Cheetos. Sorry. Yeah, or he confiscated yeah. the Cheetos. Yeah, yeah. The teacher, the, the teacher was an asshole. Yeah. Right? Like, not kind of a funny asshole. They and, weren't like... And your, Allison Jenny's writing stuff. They weren't Mr. Belding is what I'm trying to there get There were fun, yes, yes. fun, weird, kind of dark moments. What I thought was interesting was that, to me, the biggest miss in the movie is the direction. It was like the director took every interesting line and joke and was like, how can I make this Strip not that. how can i yeah. just mm-hmm. just make sure this does not land <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and there's he just adds in a lot of weird reaction shots so they'll get off a good line and then just put in a bunch of weird reaction shots that take too long yeah, that sounds that sounds fun like, to me that yeah. sounds like tv i i would yeah. love to see someone make a super cut of the heath ledger reaction shots because I there's someone's done that for you. There's the so I I would I mean I'm going to definitely yeah. Google it. I can't believe I haven't already. But there's yeah, it's there. So there's a line in Ebert's review that I think is apt. Where he says, um, "I like the movie spirit, the actors, and some of the scenes. The music, much of it by the band Letters to Cleo, is subtle and inventive while still cheerful. The movie almost but not quite achieves lift off lift off against the gravitational pull of the tired story formula. Sometimes it's a mistake to have acting this charming." The characters become so engaging and spontaneous, we notice how they're trapped in the plot. Which I think is a f- pretty fair that's assessment. Fair. I think that's basically the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, so next week we on... Yeah. Well, Heath, Heath Ledger is almost certainly the, the strongest yes. piece of this puzzle. Yes. That's the other thing about it. Because, again, at this point, Heath Ledger was nobody, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. Freddie Prinze Jr. is basically nobody, too. Um, but in retrospect, this was the movie that... Gave birth to Heath Ledger's career, which was a very cool career. So it, there, there was always a little cachet to this movie, too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like in a rebel without a causeway, but there was a little bit of that like yep. thing. Well, he's so. the outlier. Yeah. You look at this cast, and not just because I, of the career that it necessarily project, created, but I mean just he stands out in this cast as, as a movie yes. star. As a star. He's, so does Julia Stiles. Yeah, well, they pop. like, yeah. And that's yeah. why the, mo- the movie ultimately works, because that central relationship works. And truthfully... The B story, which I guess is what you would call the the Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Bianca thing, is kind of a solid B story. Like, they're both good actors. They're both charming. They both – it's workmanlike. 
it just doesn't pop in the same way that the that... B story has the biggest arc. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually a weird kind of structure yeah. where the movie is stolen midway through mm-hmm. by Heath and yes. Julia Stiles. Yes. Yeah. Obviously that's intentional, but it's mm-hmm. a very weird way to go into a movie. I agree. You're with mm-hmm. Cameron, this new kid yep. who immediately falls for the hot girl. And maybe there's a comment that they're making on how lame of a story that is, but, um, I don't know. Maybe. It, it, maybe. May, but but that's how I, I sometimes yeah. like we do this and we're like, yeah. wait, that is what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's it might, not what that's not what it feels like in this unclear. movie. Unclear. Yeah. It's it's a little <laughs> unclear what they're what doing. they're really going for. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of muddy feminism in here that they're oh, yeah. not mm-hmm. there's not a really decisive hypothesis. Doesn't feel like that's where the movie stands so much. Exactly. As that's what Julia Stiles' character has to overcome. Which, having to overcome feminism does not feel like a feminist (laughs) statement to me. It's it's explicitly not feminist. Like, her problem is that she's a feminist. Right. She needs to be... All she needs is is the love. She just needs to be loved. She just needs a good... It's... (laughs) <laughs> go let that just drift off. But yeah, that that but it, that is literally out of the men's right activist yeah, hand. Yeah. All is. she needs is a good lay. Yeah. Well, what's yeah. interesting, and then is, we'll set her straight. I don't know if either of you guys read the the Jordan Peterson. No, uh, I read I read in, the excerpts that I think you're about to talk about. So <laughs> he's he's really. I mean, I guess this is going slightly off topic, but I promise no. it'll come right back. Um, he is this um, psychologist, I believe. He's a professor up in in Canada, somewhere Toronto, and he's become this a little bit of a superstar for giving these talks. And he's a little bit conservative. He he had a big thing where he spoke out against. Against a law that would enforce uh, professors to be um, required to use the preferred gender pronouns of students, okay. so that's kind of his thing. He's he's against what he calls like the far extreme left, and he's yeah. you know, he, but he's, he's also against reasonable people. He is a member of this of this bizarre thing that is happening right now that I hope will go away. This notion of the intellectual dark web. Yes, the intellectual dark web, et cetera, et cetera. These people like don't even have any fucking coherent logic. No. But they're all grouped together because they kind of and hate the left more than the right. Exactly. They, they they consider themselves to be centrist, but you oh. know, and essentially they think that they're like fucking, you know, punk rock anarchists yes. because they're speaking out against the far left. But um, they've also, he's become this sort of like focal point for the, the MRA, the men's rights okay. stuff. Okay. And what I thought was so interesting was like the, in the first scene or it was like the third scene, it's very, very early in the movie when Krumholtz's character is giving the tour to Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, yeah. Cameron, and they, Bianca, he sees Bianca for the first time, and he basically gives, like, an incel manifesto. Like, it's actually, yeah. like, straight out of what people are talking about now with, like, this idea that bitches like that only yeah. exist to prove to us nice guys that we can never have yeah. them. And I was yeah. like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> this got it's, dark it's, fast. It's pretty problematic. Yeah. It starts pretty early on that that this... I, act, I, do, I fully agree that, that the Cameron-Bianca... His initial lust for her and that initial sort of the ATV's words thrust, but that initial sort of liftoff of that arc is not great. It gets better a bit, but even the scene in the car when he drives her home and he's like pissed off. Remember that scene? Yeah. And and he's like yelling at her about like, why are you treating me like this? Like this isn't fair. And then this isn't. Which I mean, it's just like there's no, all, there's, there's some there's, mixed messages going on in this movie. There's yeah. nothing to me. 
There's nothing good in that arc. Um, and I, and I, for whatever reason, I've always rooted for Larissa, unpronounceable last name, because she's Alex Mack. Right. I don't know if you got, did you watch Alex? No, I didn't Alex Mack? He didn't know about Alex Mack or um, Clarissa Explains at all, which I, I found oh, bizarre. Because I don't think they made them to Can- made it to Canada. Clarissa, Cl- Clarissa Explains at all is a, kind of a different beast. That was huge. It was huge. Alex I was Mack trying was to explain like, how huge it was. Yeah, Alex Mack was. It's ha- a little more cult. Hannah, it was cult kind of Montana. I mean, right. Clarissa Explains it all. Yeah. Like, really? For, yeah, but for like a certain brand of nerd, which you may or may not be, mm-hmm. Alex Mack was, mm-hmm. Alex Mack was this really kind of unique it was it was a little bit kind of smarter, weirder, weirder. It was on the spectrum of like Clarissa, which was fun and it wasn't you know terrible. But and then there, you've got like Pete and Pete, which was actually like very brilliant. cool and brilliant yeah. and smart and subversive and weird. Alex Mack was like closer to the Pete and Pete end of the spectrum. Also had an X Files element to it. It did. So like she like had the secret world of Alex Mack. Like she was in some kind of she wandered into some kind of weird government testing. And, could make herself invisible or turn herself into she could a turn liquid herself into a puddle. I don't. Yeah, it's like a liquid that thing. Seems but, like an odd power. But she was like, I mean, you know, it was we a weird were, show. Yeah, she was like basically my age. I thought she was like the cutest girl in the world. Yeah, and um, but also was like the you know right. the, the protagonist of the show was a different kind of girl. And I always wanted her to succeed. Succeed as a movie star. Right. This is the only chance she ever got. Yeah, and she was on Mad Men. A she was on time, Mad Men, but she was she was good on Mad Men. I mean, I think the hair and makeup people hated her they because really they did not favors. do her any favors no. in this Jesus. movie. Some she of this, she's so pretty. She's, she's so she's cute. Beautiful. She's really really cute. And those oh those eyebrows. Yeah, that that I think it might be in this in the moment that you're talking about where he starts ranting about her wearing a sundress. Yeah. They wear sundresses, they wear sundresses like that to, on to taunt us because they'll never be with us. It's a lot. It is. <laughs> I think. Just... I think that ten things I hate about you might secretly be like an MRA. Like, they're, if we they're, can birth that, there's so movie. many. It's these. like secret MRA propaganda. It's the Matrix, it's recruitment, Fight Club, yeah, and ten things I hate about you. <laughs> so far, yeah. We've only, I mean, we have still got a lot of movies we know so far. I feel like if we did the math on the ages of everyone who's like active in these groups right now, this was maybe a, a, a very successful a recruitment yeah. tool. Yeah, <laughs> I think we cracked um, the case. So, just some more uh, little bits of context here. Heath Ledger beat out Josh Hartnett and Ashton Kutcher for the role of Patrick. Um, I mean, I can see both of those guys in this movie, too, by the way. The, too. the weird thing to me is that this is the first movie I've gone back and watched that um, I did not. I will fully admit that at the time, I did not find Heath Ledger attractive in this movie. <laughs> like, I didn't get You're it. Sure, back then, you did Back then, I didn't. I was. The, I think part of why I was only meh on the movie at the time was I didn't have that kind of dreamboat reaction i did not get all hot and bothered by heath, heath ledger and this is the first movie where i've gone back and watched something and instead of being like "Ugh, i can't believe i thought he was cute i'm like oh i was wrong he's he's cool. very he's, good looking he's, he's a good looking kid he's a good looking yeah. guy he's he's a hunk he's yeah. he's, he's no he's no adrian grenier in drive me crazy but i can't wait to watch this movie oh yeah God. i can't either um, here's a little piece of trivia for you, which might come in handy mm-hmm. on one of your trivia nights. This okay. is a super random piece of trivia that I found, but Patrick singing Can't Take Your Eyes Off of Me makes Heath Ledger the third actor to sing this song prior to playing a Batman villain. Christopher Walken sings it in The Deer Hunter, and then he was in Batman Returns, and then Michelle Pfeiffer sings it in The Fabulous Baker Boys. She also is a villain in Batman. I hope that comes up at a trivia night for you. I really do. <laughs> it is a super random piece of thing. I, I enjoyed it. I'm a nerd. 
Um, and yeah, so that's a little piece of trivia. Uh, one other thing that I think is kind of adorable is that Joseph Gordon-Levitt was on The Daily Show in 99 to promote this movie. And apparently said that it's the, <laughs> said it was the best movie of all time and it's going to dethrone Citizen Kane. That's a very funny line. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that there's a girl in this movie called Julia Stiles. She's the best actress ever. Anybody in this movie, top eight actors, best of all time. Someone had a crush on Julia Stiles. Yep. But, or uh, I mean, kind of funny. I mean, you don't you think, think this? You don't I mean, think the Citizen Kane lines a the joke? Citizen, like, kind, He's kind of funny. It's kind of funny, but then it, the Julia Stiles bit of it makes me wonder: like, is he shitting on Julia Stiles? Like, I don't. If if that's part of the bit, he lost the thread. And if it's not, then it makes me question what he thinks no, about I, Citizen Kane. I, I, he, I think he's. I think he's exaggerating for effect. All right. I think he's. I think he really feels that way, and he's being just like he really feels like it's a good movie. Obviously, not better than Citizen right, Kane. Right, right. Yeah, that's no, fair enough. Yeah. And he he's proven himself to be a pretty funny guy. He has at times. What also, happened to Joseph Gordon-Levitt? He had a moment when the world loved him. He did, and then Cons- it feels like Inception. it got away from him. Am I crazy in saying I, that? Oh, I, I think Jordan Go- Joseph Gordon-Levitt could start a movie tomorrow, and it would be normal. I, I don't. Okay. I, I don't think the I don't think the moment's gone. Am I wrong? Okay. Maybe the moment isn't gone, but it does feel a little bit like he was just the hottest. Like coming out of Five Hundred Days of Summer and Inception. Inception. It was just like he could do no wrong. And then he does Dark Knight Rises, whatever. And then what did he do wrong? He directed and wrote Don Juan, which had like this very weird thing because people really did think that was a coming out of Sundance. Like yeah. people were like, I this know. is the shit. People were huge mm-hmm. about and it. It was like uh, Earl, it was like me, Earl and the Dying Girl. We're like, everyone's like, this is going to win an Oscar. And I was yeah. like, this is going to win an Oscar. <laughs> it, it kind of, yeah. And then you've also got like Snowden. He just starts to, in the walk, he starts doing these. It's not great. Those aren't bad roles. On paper. The, yes. yes. Those make a right. lot of... Those are movie star roles. Those right. make a lot of sense. Right. They just didn't land. They just didn't land. Yeah, he just, he just hit a cold streak. Yeah. Now he's in some... I guess he's got some stuff in there. Um, so, back to the plot of this. Well, the other thing about Joseph Gordon-Levitt was he was yeah. probably the biggest star in this movie at the time. With third, with third Rock from the Sun. With right? Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, I always forget about that. And he was that. very, he, that was like a very big show. And, very big yeah. show. And he was a very big component of it. There were only four, really five uh, actors in that movie. And all of them had got a bounce off it. Like yeah. all of them became kind of huge. big deals It was off a huge it. show. Yeah. Huge, well, I didn't love Lithgow it, but people loved it. it. Well, Lithgow won the Emmy every year for it. Yep. And this was kind of his breakout from that. So that was an interesting kind of moment for this movie too. Julia Stiles also, obviously, this launched her career as well. Um, which never really got launched. Which, if you look at that IMDb, it's kind of weird. Well, I mean, yes and no. I think that, so Down to You was probably a, a mistake to do right out of out of this movie. There's, there's actually an entire but, YouTube video that someone put together about why her career never took off. Oh, I'd like love to took, watch that. Yeah, someone took the time to be like, let me break down for you where Julia Stiles went wrong. I think, And I down mean, to you was their... Starring Freddie Prinze Jr.? Yeah. 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 I, I think it was just too much too soon. Like, she wasn't a, a romantic lead yet. You know she what also, I mean? Like, she took a break because she we went to college together. And oh, so she took a break okay. between... Did you know her? Uh, my brother did. She was a year below me. So yeah. they, they hmm. were so, sort of semi-friends. Apparently huh. she was very nice, very cool. I mean, she's she's very good in this movie, and it's understandable why people would be like, that girl. Mm-hmm. Like, let's do something with her. She brings something different. Than yeah. And my guess is that Down to You just happened fast, right? I mean, that movie just, they, I can only assume they shot it 
they're shooting it while 10 things is about to be released is my and you know they thought that she, and then she's in hamlet she's in that she plays i think she plays when, when did she hamlet? do save the last dance save the that's last a couple dance. years later okay. save the last dance was a really good role for yeah. her yeah and she's like, and it's a good movie it's a good movie. It's a she per- plays Ophelia yeah. in that Hamlet, in the Ethan Hawke Hamlet movie. Um, then she does Save the Last Dance, Born Identity. That's the end of her career. She's Dexter. Well, Mona Lisa Smile. How important was she in that movie? She's one of six leads or right. whatever. The Prince and Me. Which I know. is kind of a misstep. I know. Like, straight up, that's the end of her career. They, like, the only thing you yeah. talk about for her after 10 Things I Had About Dexter. You and Save the Last Dance, maybe Dexter. I was going to say the Bourne movies, which she just yeah. kind of lucked into having... Oh, an important role of this movie yeah. that kept coming. This she pops up in Silver Linings Playbook, which is kind of weird. Um, I remember being, oh look, Julia Stiles is in this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Julia Stiles. I think she's a good actress. I don't know. It just it just never seemed to happen for her. I guess. Did you you watch that video? I did. <laughs> what did they say? Or what can you remember they, them saying? I, what I remember, it was it was surprisingly long. It was like four and a half minutes long. But down to you, they thought well, was I like watch, the first. I could watch four and a half hours on this. <laughs> You said four and a half minutes long. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's not nearly long. Enough. They repeated. I mean, the the main points um, that they tried to make were one down to you, and then uh, um, it's a guy thing. Was yes. that the other one? So she had two big bombs in yeah, a that's, row. That's a bad movie. And then thing. she kind of reverted to doing a lot of Shakespearean derived projects. So I think the hypothesis was that. I mean, I don't know why someone felt the need to, you know. Put, commit this to video. It's like, well, don't do a bunch of bad yeah. movies. Tweet it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so let's let's dive into the plot here because for sure uh, mm-hmm. we've been yeah. Um. So we basically open on the school with Cameron showing up at school, uh, and immediately sits down in front of the guidance counselor, whose name is Miss Perky. Mm-hmm. I feel like they could have done better, but anyway. That wasn't Shakespearean. I never did the same. I feel show. like they could have done better than that. Is the overriding? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. That, uh, sounds, that sounds mean. I feel I like we're being too mean. I'm coming at it from such a different point of view. Like, like I feel like they could have done better than that. Sure, but I look at it and like this could have been so much worse. worse. Yeah, sure, sure, that's true too. I, again, yeah. I'm not. I'm just. I literally wrote down like Allison Janney deserves to be. Someone not named Miss Perky as a guidance counselor. She it's had a rough like, 99 until West Wing. I think we agree on that. <laughs> yeah, she had all her lines cut from American Beauty. Yep. Yeah. Um, I do like that she's writing erotica as he's in the... like. I, they're, they're, again, as we sort of discussed earlier, there's an edge and a fun kind of subver- subversive quality to this movie. It just kind of never fully locks into it. You know what movie stole all of this? Mm. Easy A. Yeah. yeah Which yeah. is exactly this yeah. tone. Yeah. Um, and to me is a, a far inferior movie. I think that movie is so incredibly overrated. I don't understand. I would like, agree. She's, I would no, agree. That movie has no heart. Well, it was a star making movie. Like it, it just, that put Emma Stone on the map and for she's sure. great in it. For sure. She's but the rest. Yeah. The script and the direction. Yeah. Is she's too good for that movie. Yes. Um, and the, the script, the direction also like the morality of that movie. Like that's a bad. Movie. Oh yeah. Oh, no, it's that, yeah. deeply problematic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's not great. Um, so, but, but they, yeah, they stole that idea. This, I, this, this is, it seemed kind of new and fresh and easy. A, but 10 things I had about you was doing it five years earlier or 10 years earlier. But yeah. interestingly, only one year later, bring it on, which isn't aspiring to the same level of sort of weirdness and subversiveness, but it has some weird shit in it movie and it lands it rocks. better. That movie's so I good. 
I Isn't love Gabriel Bra- Union in that as well. Yes, yes. but Gabriel it it Union. only came out one year later, which makes me think that it's not like it was influenced by Ten Things I Hate About You. I think it just did it better. Yeah, the movie's a unicorn. Bring it on! a great movie. It is. It's, it's a, a unicorn. Great, it's great hard movie. to believe that like that 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 movie that should have been stupid as shit. Yeah, yeah. was as like kind of brilliantly transcendent. I as need to rewatch Bring It On. It's it's yeah. a perfect movie. Uh, so now That's why I get angry about Pitch Perfect. Because every time someone tells me how much they like Pitch Perfect, I'm like, you should. I liked it when it was bringing it on, and it was so much better than that. I am. I mean, I feel you, Ashley, because <laughs> I really do. Because you know, I have no built-in affinity for cheerleading. I have an incredible amount of built-in affinity for acapella, mm-hmm. and maybe I was too close to it. But yeah, they they could have nailed it as hard as as bringing on, and nailed they didn't. It. No, they didn't. Especially in a post Glee universe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where Pitch Perfect is coming out and like Glee has just sort of you know, stratospheric yeah. in terms of its, there was so much opportunity there and they just they didn't, didn't hit it. I actually remember the first time I saw a trailer for Pitch Perfect yeah. because we had just turned in a script and so it was like seven in the morning, hadn't slept and I was just like eating a breakfast sandwich and then planning to go to sure, bed sure. and watching, watching like Food Network and a Pitch Perfect mm-hmm. trailer came on, a yeah. promo and I was like, this, yes, yes, a movie made for me, like fantastic. And then when I saw it, I was just like, no, no. And yeah. then I just went and watched Bring It On and everything was right in my world again. I never saw the Bring It On sequels though. That's, I imagine they were. You don't need to. That's yeah. the Jaws sequels. No. Um, so we're now introduced to Heath Ledger Again, shows up in the guidance counselor's office, um, and we don't really find out a lot about him, really, in that scene. It's just sort of a, oh, this person exists, and he's a student. Goes to the guidance counselor a lot, because he's a bad guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a Bratwurst joke that, I'm, that I don't really fully think was appropriate of her alluding something about his genitalia in that joke that I don't really get. Wait, what part of it don't you get? Well, I... Okay, let me be clear. Do, I get do you know what a bratwurst is? I do. Okay. I think it's more about her basically saying, like, I don't know. Well, a brat, just don't talk a, about your students' dicks worst, is basically what I'm, gonna, what well, I'm getting at. Yeah. That's I mean, my there's, point. there are a few moments that are really cringeworthy where the yeah, like student teachers, that, I mean, that's a whole discussion. That, that whole flashing thing Ugh. was fucking not, not, okay. not okay. It's the kind of thing that they, they did in 99. That, <laughs> That today, no, it was. I know, I agree. It's always the things like that, yeah, that in the moment seemed pretty natural, yeah. And you look back today and you're like, how far afield were we? Yeah, I feel like I thought that that was weird at the time. (laughs) I feel like that was one of those movies that made me go, like, is everyone else having a different teen experience than I was having? Like, this movie has just a lot of teenage behavior that yeah. just mystified me. I don't think that particular moment struck me in any way. Really? So, so what I'm getting at is like... It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I didn't think it was cool, but I didn't think it was like weird or uncool. It's just, it was just a thing that the character did. I, I, I have- Flashing your teacher just seems so... I actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a broader thing about this movie. I don't think any of the sex jokes work in this movie. I don't think this movie, and let me, let me say this. The flashing thing is problematic just because it shouldn't have happened at all. But, like, the director doesn't know how to direct the sex jokes. So they all feel really icky and weird to yeah. me. So, like, for instance, when, when Joseph Gordon-Levitt is talking about masturbation in that scene where he's walked around the, by Crumholtz. It's just, it, it's like, it's too like weirdly real or something. We're just like, oh, you made it gross, dude. Like, well, and it he, was, again, it's this weird. He, he tries to, to like put a little English on everything by having like a reaction shot from a character, but it just gets awkward. It's so it awkward gets and so weird. Awkward. So I just think that, I think that across the board, the sex stuff doesn't work in this. I really don't, all the Joey stuff, the reveal that we'll get to later when like, when Pat tells, Bianca, but her very, past. It's very weird. It's very weird. It's that's a that's like six steps beyond where this movie should be going. <laughs> I agree because I, I, I had it there. It's like wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, they had sex when they were fifteen. Yeah, like, but but by the no, way, no, fourteen. She 14. said ninth, and also a month and she ninth. She never actually says it. She just kind of says, you know, yeah. like well, know, that's like it's Morrison, right? strongly implied. <laughs> yeah, so, just, no, it's just like whoa, whoa, whoa. What are we saying right it's now? Just, I guess there. I guess we were at a moment in culture where fourteen-year-olds having sex was like fourteen-year-olds have sex. Get with the times, Gramps. <laughs> you know. And, 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 I don't even. I don't want to go any further. So, on okay, this one. so Cameron's then shown around the school by by Michael, played by David Crumholtz, and and I actually thought this scene was funny only because of how truly absurd it became at a certain point like cowboys and like obviously was, this was intentional yeah sure yes. of course yes. no and that's my point if i kind of on some like that joke that whole run felt a little bit like because the writers of this went on to do legally blonde which was obviously a huge movie and again that nailed the tone and it understood what it was doing the broadness worked it doesn't work so much here, but in this scene, I thought it was kind of right. There's an absurdity, yes, to that that they didn't commit to. No, so That's it just the only felt time you ever see of, it. Yeah, you're like, wait, there's cowboys in this school. Wait, can we go back to in terms of like really awkward sex jokes? Sure. I'm still a little confused <laughs> when he says, "I can help you." Okay. <laughs> When Joseph Gordon-Levitt is talking to um, Heath Ledger's character, and he's like, that was until she kissed me. And then Heath Ledger says, where? Yeah. And then he says, in the car. Yeah. And then it's a weird reaction yeah. shot. And yeah. I was just like, is that, yeah. what? <laughs> is that like the, the world's same most thing. obtuse blowjob yeah. reference? Like, yeah. I don't understand what they were even shooting yeah. for even entirely. The way, the way Heath says it yeah. is slightly leading, yeah. but not but enough not to enough, make you think. And it's just like, what is <laughs> happening? I can't help you. I was wrong. 
Are you, yeah. I feel uh, like I, I was yeah. so yeah, excited we, to get some clarity. Some closure. I can, I can, I can maybe up with process <laughs> because I did, as listeners of the podcast know, work on a show uh, that had sex jokes. And what was that joke? It's called. Uh, it was. It's called Entourage. Um, and I don't know if you ever heard of it. Uh, uh, first spec I ever wrote was an Entourage spec. FYI. You need to send it to Kim. Actually, I would, I, yeah, I would love to read that. I have so many stories about Entourage specs that I was not allowed to read. But um, oh, for obvious, for obvious reasons, reasons yeah. you know, I, I would steal from them like we stole from all of our specs. <laughs> uh, so I, um, I <laughs> this happens sometimes on comedies. Mm hmm. Where the people who are supposed to be keeping the keeping keeping everything tight uh-huh. just get a little tired of yeah. keeping everything tight, sure, and are just like fine, like kiss where okay, <laughs> like, I get what you're, I get like like I I have because you know that if you fight they're gonna be like, dude, it's a fucking blowjob reference, and you're just like. I, like, like but you know what, there it's, must it's, have a, been a, it's a quality question. You're just like. But it, you don't want to come back with, but it's not a good blowjob reference. You're just yeah. like, okay, I, but, all right, like it's sex. Like I just don't want to have this argument. I think I truly, I, I think just, that's what winds up happening with I, the jokes like that. Yeah, I, I feel like the weird part with this one is I'm not sure that the actors knew that that. Like I not I'm not entirely sure that Joseph Gordon-Levitt knew that it was a blowjob reference. It was like well, that's the, they seemed not, confused more than anything. Confused by yeah, it. and and yeah. It just, it doesn't work. I would also, I think that if we're going to talk about sort of, let's deal with sort of the, the humor that doesn't necessarily work, the sex-oriented humor. There's the PMS joke that is just... Which one? I mean, the size of the letters on Ashley's I, notes about the PMS how joke. How many PMS, PMS jokes, jokes can they make? Can they make? <laughs> a lot of question marks. It's just, it's gigantic. Uh, a lot, two question marks. Um, it's re- this, is, this is upside down yeah. in her book, and I can read it. It's mm-hmm. clearly. gigantic. Uh, and, and, it's, and, and rightfully so. I, I had one of them as well that I, I couldn't believe that they, they I'm, made. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. PMS not funny anymore? No, not I mean uh, it can. My be. insurance doesn't cover PMS. Was one of the jokes that the dad says when she drives her car into uh, Joey's car. It was more of like a cumulative thing. Yeah. I was just surprised by the the volume, the sheer amount of it. Yeah, of that's PMS not a good joke. joke. It's not a good joke. I actually, do, I I would go as far my as insurance doesn't cover PMS is a very bad joke. It's a bad joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, think, just think about how bad that joke. Is. <laughs> yeah. It it but it's it's also sort of part and parcel of kind of the dad's whole thing, which is this, you know. He's a, he, I guess he's an OB, is what we're led to believe. Yeah. And it's just one... It's what? explicit. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he's up, he's up you, to his elbows and babies. Yeah, if you oh, really right, read right, between right, the right. lines. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> they would have you believe he's an OB. I don't know what would give we you. We never see it, yeah, so maybe he's not. <laughs> I want to know what you thought he was. No, I obviously, the... I obviously thought he was an OB. But I, I guess all of those jokes are part and parcel of this sort of like teen pregnancy stuff that never really worked for me. In the movie, in general, it uh, I, it does soften the character quite a bit. He, he if you want to have that character deliver the lines he delivers of the matter, he yeah. delivers them. It does help that he okay. says that he says I see teen mothers all the time, and I don't want you to be one. Right. Of them. I think it is actually. I would agree. It's almost necessary because the plot mechanics demand that he is an incredibly controlling. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think that it does at least motivate him. It, they did everything they can yeah. they could to make the character they needed. Because yeah. on, on top of that, 
the mother left them, and she didn't die. No, it just took she off. She left. Right. So now he's bruised. He sees babies all day long. These girls are the only thing he has. Like, I'm, and it's not even like I'm not even making that big of a case for the movie, yeah. but like they did, they did the the they showed the work on this guy. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I disagree with that. And like, he's not my favorite actor. And Larry Miller is like, in some circles, considered to be like one of the great comedians. Yeah. And he's like Seinfeld's best friend, yeah, Paul yeah. Reiser's mm-hmm. best friend. Yeah, I think he did a really good job in this. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I, think, I mean, he's, I th- he sticks the landing with the character in terms of the the moment he has with Cat at the end, which is a sweet moment. But we'll talk about that when we get there. Uh, so Kat gets in a fight with her English teacher and gets sent to the guidance council. So now we've got another Alice and Janney moment. And somehow I have to hand it to Alice and Janney. She found a laugh. At least I laughed stupidly at the cat and then the cat on her mug. I, I like to think that that was an improvised moment. It, it felt I think it might, which it says, it speaks volumes that one of the funniest things was probably (laughs) not Not in the script. script. (laughs) She just, she, but again, it just goes to show like Alice and Janney can find a laugh if there's one to be found. Could you imagine writing that in a script? Like, I couldn't conceive of writing that. (laughs) I I aspire to it. Right. I was like, I don't know. Couldn't yeah. con- I couldn't conceive of even if like I even if I came up with it, I couldn't yeah. conceive, conceive of putting it in the script. Yeah. It'd be the first thing to go. It's like, like oh, God, I, I, can't cat a, I can't have a cat mug joke. Yeah. Like it's just it's and such a it weird non sequitur. It was wonderful. I agree with you. What are our thoughts on the sort of ska infusion into the score of this movie? Loved. Getting <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was oh. eat the microphone. I'm with you. I was making out the microphone. I loved it so much. It's. I mean, and then the band at the end, which is such a no doubt ripoff band. Yes, just, well, yes. Not, no, but they're, when, not, they're not. They're not some nothing band. Who are, which Letter, band? Letters to Cleo. That's not no, the no, band no, who plays the, at the, the two at the at the very end. She shows up. The prom band. The prom band. Save Ferris. Yeah, that's yeah. not which nothing band either. That, they're not better a, than Letters to Cleo. Band. They're better than Letters to Cleo. Well, Save Ferris. That's is, say, untrue. But they were I, they, they I, bigger. They were bigger for sure. You thought Save Ferris was bigger? I think they were bigger than Letters to Cleo. Whatever. Both okay. those bands totally legit. Yeah. Tweet us as to who's bigger, guys. Letters to Cleo. <laughs> we need to. <laughs> no, Ferris. we should make it a Twitter I, poll. Yeah, I, Twitter poll. We'll yeah. do a Twitter poll. I love Say Ferris to this day. Never felt Letters to Cleo that hard, but these are these yeah. are legitimate bands. Right. Yeah. My apologies. They shouldn't be. They, they have nothing to I don't hide mean their head to j- shame about using those two. It's not like they use the fucking Offspring like everyone, <laughs> like everyone else. But, and offspring. yet they also did not use the Donnas like in Driving Crazy. Although the Donnas were in another movie we saw this year. In which Donnas one was were in Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker. Mm. Donna, Donnas were doing the prom circuit that year. Yeah. Jawbreaker. How fucking Jawbreaker. funny is it that every teen movie was like, all right, so we got to get a band for the concert. Well, we'll just get a band because, I mean, band for the prom. We'll just get a band. Because, <laughs> just get a real like, band, yeah. Like, yeah. Get a real band for all these proms. Yeah. Like, this is the third It became movie. the gig, I think, for yeah. a while there. Is this the third movie you've done with a prom with the real band? Idle Hands. Yes. Jawbreaker, this, yeah, we're this. gonna get one in. Drive me crazy, you'll have one. Drive mm-hmm. me crazy, and then she's all she's all that is just Usher DJing, right? <laughs> Which almost counts. <laughs> almost counts. I mean, it's pretty close. At and there is that glorious the choreographed dance. There is glorious, glorious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, which we've so, talked about before, which I'm super into. Cat gets into Sarah Lawrence, but her dad doesn't want her to go. Wants her to stay. That's how you know she's a feminist. All feminists yeah. go to Sarah know. Lawrence. It's true. I don't know. Club Skunk, Club Skunk. might prove I, that. 
Another another question where I'm looking for clarity, and I'm hoping because Phil did Ken, not. Kenny, we Kenny talked about this before, but all what, club skunk related questions you can direct right to you. Perfect. Um, what what was oh clubs God. like? Was it? A, I thought it was a gay bar. It, that's I thought what it was I assumed. Bar. Yeah. But it was all like teenagers, and I'm like, why? Why did my town not have a, a teen lesbian bar <laughs> in like a in warehouse. the 90s in a warehouse <laughs> with letters to Cleo playing? How did yeah. they get and that it was space? so. It was so. Um, it was very. Part of my confusion was it was very femme, which might have been them kind of backing off the lesbian bar thing. Mm-hmm. Like they were like, we're going to be progressive enough to show a lesbian bar, but not a lesbian bar with not like put butch women. It, yeah. yeah. Um, but that but, could be because they all felt weirdly. They were very, everyone was very femme. Yeah. Which, and so it was just this odd, it was like, oh, this is just where all the like pretty teen girls hang out. Together, pretty alone. It, it's, it was. I think it was an attempt to distill. I'm not. I, 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 this is going to sound glib, but I'm being 100 percent serious. It's an attempt to distill Lilith Fair down to one location. Like, yeah, that's like fair. the girls, no, that's who, like the girls who would go to Lilith Fair, or like in my high school, it was girls who listen to Indigo or Andy DeFranco. Right. Um, it was. That, do you guys know who Dar Williams is? Tori Amos. You know, Dar- Tori Amos, Tor- to some extent, yeah. Tori is like a slightly different thing. A little, she was a little more mainstream, I'd say, than, than yeah. Indigo yeah. Girls and Ani sure, was sure. a certain type of girl, every girl I was friends this, with. Yeah, and, this this place, it's like my friend Kara at one point, and this was around 1998, 1999, declared Ani to be her Shiro. And I feel like that statement is encapsulated in Club Skunk. Yeah. Scott, that's There's right. A whole quote for this episode, <laughs> and it wasn't, and it wasn't necessarily a, it wasn't an explicitly or necessarily like lesbian scene, yeah. right? Um, there are tons, Just tons, and tons of straight of straight women who are into both, all of these people. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, I think that that's the intention of that space was these are lesbians and lesbian sympathizers, including <laughs> progressive males like Heath Ledger. Yes. Who would hang out in a place but like that? But what's strange though is he first he first yeah. claims that he cannot be seen there, yeah. and yet he is also known there. Yeah, yeah the bartender's like, "Hey, man, Patrick." He calls him like, his full name. His full name. He was he was like what, very what are you doing clear here? on who he was. You be, shouldn't you be the co EPN Family Guy right now? <laughs> is this another Patrick WGA? Here? Yes. Patrick Brown. These <laughs> are some inside baseball <laughs> jokes. Deep cuts. Deep Yo, cuts. Everybody oh in the Writers Guild. Has fucking IMDb that guy and David Goodman and everyone else who's <laughs> oh on the committee. This is like to grow no, the WGN. No, I'm not axed. I'm not axed. I'm just standing up. It's like everyone's like, all right, who are these guys negotiating our livelihoods? The guy, the guy from Family Guy. <laughs> what's, what's, what's happening? Some what's guy, happening? some guy wrote a quantum leap. I mean, like, how is, like these are the guys in charge of us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, back to some things I hate about you. Um, the dad sets a new rule that Bianca can't date until Kat does. So now Bianca needs to find a guy to go out with, with her. Uh, and Bianca convinces Cameron to find someone to date Kat. But also kind of insinuates that she'll go out with him if he does so. She does. Okay. She she actively does that. But doesn't does explicitly that. say it. Not really. Also, this is such a convoluted... I was trying to explain this. At one point, Bart, uh, my husband, who has never seen this this film, <laughs> uh, walked in and promptly walked back out again. <laughs> <laughs> and then he walked back in and asked me a question. And for some reason, I felt the need to try to explain what was happening to him. 
And I realized in saying it out loud that it's insanely convoluted. I was like, well, he wants to date her, so she convinces him to convince another guy who also wants to date her to pay another guy to date her sister. And and then he walked out again. It's very, it's unnecessarily complicated. It's all, it's all predicated on the idea Mm -hmm. that uh, Bianca is going to choose Cameron, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, over Joey. Yeah. When, when like, push when comes she, to shove. Which, but, but you don't get that impression. You feel like she wants to be with Joey. That's my point. Yeah. yeah. And now, this she, was very poorly thought out by Joseph Gordon-Levitt from yeah. the very get-go. Poor. And, and David Crumble. And he gets mad. Blows up in his face. As though he didn't understand the Joey thing, but then it's like, why did you this guy's a, get this guy, Joey to pay? <sighs> this guy's a model. Yeah. Like Joey, like that's well, he's a monster too, by the way. Joey is yes, a we, fucking we, monster. I'm not, not I'm not I'm not defending him, but like the guy okay. is like in he's yeah, a, he's empirically an, he's attractive. An, he's yes. an in-world model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yes. an in-world model, the coolest guy at school, he's rich. Yeah. You have fucking Bogey Lowenstein standing right there. You want you want to have someone pair? Yeah. Look at Bogey. Get Bogey. Yeah. Look at in- that guy's face. Incidentally, he's, he's Bogey. <laughs> that must be Nigel with the brie. I love Bogey. That's a good line. <laughs> it is a good line. They, and by the way, that, it was Nigel with the brie. That's just everyone was yeah, behind him. That was definitely in the script too. That's yes. a line yeah. where you're like, huh, yeah. I, yeah. Made, I made it funny. <laughs> they were, yeah, the, I, I tried to write down lines that I genuinely liked, liked and it was and stopped the brie line and then the damn Dawson's River kids. I the really damn liked. Rob yeah. Dawson's I like that. Kids. But uh, um, we have to also talk at some point about uh, how Joey in real life has a cult. Oh, yeah. You know about this, right? There's a cult? Andrew Keegan started a cult. Oh, really? In Venice. No way. Yep. We talk about that right now. Yeah. I mean, that's mostly... mostly (laughs) He started a cult. But um, it's it's delightful. They got busted for selling illegal kombucha. I didn't know kombucha could be illegal. Well, I think it's because what... I mean, it's just selling kombucha. It it has like 1% alcohol because it's fermented. Oh, okay. So you just... You're not supposed to unless you have a special license and they did not in a in a shocking turn of events his cult did not have a license to sell alcohol this isn't this isn't right. making me think any less but yeah it's Keegan. called, it's called okay full circle and they're in okay. venice and they they have a lot to do with um crystals they they and they have a parrot that was what i kind of <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you've got all the salient I mean, information I, there was a whole thing in vice on it and i read it at like 3 a.m because i stayed up to watch drive me crazy last night right right andrew right. keegan was a thing for a moment right what else was he in because uh, in every of. in every like article about boy. his cult they just reference him as being in 10 things i hate about you so it made me think that he hadn't really done much of anything else other than start a cult did he he was in party of five he did some TV, but he hasn't really he hasn't really done a ton of stuff. Yeah, he never really did. So um, Michael goes to Joey, speak of the devil, um, to try to convince him to be a part of this deal. Oh, is Michael's Crumholtz? Crumholtz is named Michael. I didn't yeah. even catch that. Yeah. Um, so, and in the process, allows Joey to write a penis on his face, which I thought was funny. Not because he, not the penis on the face necessarily, but that he's. Allowing this man to write anything on his face while trying, like he knows. Anyway, I, I love. It, I love it. I thought too. it was a funny visual. I, it was one of the things. It's almost like the Catherine Zeta-Jones laser thing. It. You I want to explain I, that to. I don't to know what that Ashley? means. Do you remember um, movie Entrapment? Movie Entrapment. Yeah. Do you, Do you know remember anything? The only thing you can think of when you think of the movie yeah, Entrapment. The, the laser room. Exactly. The, the butt going under the yeah, yeah. laser. Yeah. The laser. The equivalent of that in this movie is the dick on the face. I never <laughs> forgot it. 
So like for <laughs> for like back lack you know like look look it, that Entrapment and laser is too the things I remember from it's, this it's movie sticky. going into it's this like a, yeah. you know, sticky. Yeah. the dick on the face it, particularly because it's particularly because it came out the way you're talking about yes it wasn't like every yeah. other dick on the face with the guy passed out like yeah. he's literally writing it yeah. on his face as he's talking it's yeah. such a weird moment it's and I kind of love it yeah, yeah. the other the other two moments that I remembered going into this is Julia Stiles dancing on the table to Biggie. Yep. And which um, got her the gig in uh, Save the Last Dance apparently. She, she has move. a dance background. Yeah. yeah. And uh so, you know, and of course like and it was super underwhelming on on this watch but Heath Ledger's Oh, he's singing. He's See, I think singing. it's. I don't. I think it's. I think it's great every time. I've seen it a couple times. It's, it's, it's a great. So scene. cringeworthy. I want it to be so much My better. God. Really? I really oh, like it. I want. I think he sells it. I, I think wanted he makes it to charming. like. I guess he sold it. I, I guess there's a level it. of expectation with Heath that it's especially with that character that's not going to be good at all. Mm-hmm. But like, I wanted it to be like actually good. Yeah. yeah right? I, I think I know what you're saying. There is. I mean. Heath is no longer with us, so I think that everything he's done to some extent will, you know, has been put up on a pedestal. It's like forever charming. It's that type of thing now, where it's like, it's not rebel with a cause, or without a cause. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's, it's not ever going to be, but it's a really nice, charming moment from a guy that we don't get it's, to see acting. It's a charming moment. I, I would tend to agree. I wanted it to be a little bit... I wanted like the production value yes. to be better. Yeah. And then also I think it speaks to the fact that his character is really confusing and underdeveloped. Totally. So true. like you don't really understand what that moment is because you don't understand who he is in the hierarchy of the school or like why this. So it makes no sense that then the guards come and get him. He's not technically doing anything particularly no, wrong. It was, it was bad. Yeah. yeah. But there's a moment yeah. in another movie that uh, this reminds me of a little bit. It's in Scream 2. Mm-hmm. When Jerry O'Connell sings, I yes. think I love you. That was supposed to be the song in this, by the way. But they, because of... It, David Cassidy. That works so well in that movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. That takes the big... The, the, yep. the, a, a new character who's with our lead. The yep. last thing you want is to have to have a bad boyfriend. And immediately makes you not want him to be the killer. Um, <laughs> and I think that that's... Much better example of this kind of scene. I, I I don't disagree with you. You want it, and I mean this the, is this is a very very different scene in terms of emotional context. But like when uh, Jared Leto, when you know uh, Jordan Catalano sings, I call her Red to mm-hmm. Claire Danes. It's just like such a just heart rending, iconic. Like you just want them together so badly, and obviously this is meant to be more comedic and a little bit more silly. But also, she doesn't really sell the reaction. She has the. I think I, I don't agree. think it's her fault. I think they just cut to the same shot over and over again because she's just doing the same thing, which is kind of looking like vaguely surprised and pleased. Yeah, which just seems strange. I think there was some stuff. There was some location stuff that I read about online. I'm not sure that these were shot at the same location that makes sense i think there's some a little bit of jankiness on that that you're feeling i so. did love uh and this is just a weird quirk that probably had nothing to do with any decisions it's probably all budgetary but i love the weird like all sports field thing yeah yeah like where you had people shooting arrows <laughs> next to people and, like, doing golf. hurdles doing, and, and golf and golf, golf clubs <laughs> getting shot. Yeah. it's just it's just like bizarre like yeah. this bizarre yeah. little yeah and i think they're I think there's a little of that in this script, a little of like 
Roll it all against the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Devil may care that I that I do love about that. It. Yeah. That to me works with the the cowboys and the, yeah. the yeah. white Rastafarians. Yeah. Like the absurdity of this school. Yeah, it's just that they don't. Again, it's like but they don't it, commit it to filters it. Yeah. in and out, and then you're like, there's what? a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, but. Yeah. But it is, char- I mean, it's charming. Again, I this watch, I was like, oh, Heath Ledger is hot. I was wrong. It's hard to His kind of His hair figure- is so bad, though. Yeah. It's hard to kind of put your finger on exactly what this movie yeah, <laughs> like, is. Yeah, it is. What like, is it? It yeah. is. Like, it's not, it's definitely not She's All That. It's definitely not Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah. It lives, it's definitely not Mean Girls. It, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a reason for being the same way a Mean Girls or a Clueless has. It doesn't have a, a unity of, of kind of perspective the way those movies have right but it just but I think to me the- it has something that like that that just works it feels good and right about it so i was literally just gonna say all the things that you've just listed are what make this movie kind of special like it doesn't kind of weirdly in its own way doesn't fit in a box so i i respect that about it i enjoy you, you that know what it. it reminds me of and it's another movie that i've always liked but not loved um is fast times at richmond high it's another kind of messy teen movie that yeah. doesn't really have a point to yeah. it, but has some charming moments and some but charming performances. I mean, that movie performances. goes way further and much darker. Yes. But there's something about the the, the messiness, messiness of it. Of it. I, 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 I can hear on that. I, you know, I always loved Fast Times, um, but almost in spite of itself. Like, I don't really look at it like a movie. It's almost like there was like a television show called Fast Times that they distilled down to an hour yeah. and 45 minutes with all these little vignettes. Mm-hmm. That's very all work very yeah. well to Very, very, very much like Very vignette very yeah. kind of. But I mean, also, I mean, a Cameron Crowe script, so it's not necessarily that shocking that it doesn't have strongest story engine or cohesion to it necessarily. Ooh, burn. No, but I... I <laughs> I, I love Cameron Crowe, but that's not one of his strengths. Right. When, you know what I mean? His movies are kind of hangout movies mm-hmm. early, sometimes. Fast Times is. Fast Times is, is its own yeah. thing. And I, I see the I see the connection there. This doesn't commit. It, it's not it's, a great, it's not a perfect it's analogy. But, but, it's, it's, but yeah. I think, to be fair, though, I do think that Fast Times had a huge effect on teen movies. Yeah. So I do think that, like, you totally. see remnants of that in so many teen movies. I mean, American Pie being, you know, obviously another one that we talked about, too. And We didn't make that, con- <clears throat> we didn't draw that comparison um, we did cast-wise, though. We're just yes. talking about how the cast of American Pie and the cast of... Uh, I mean, a lot of these teen movies are petri dishes for you know any number of careers. I mean, you, this obviously was a, a movie where you know, not a ton of people got off of it, but still, like, you know, American Pie was a big one, Fast Times, you know, Days and Confused. Uh, so just to get back into the story a little bit, uh, Patrick and Joey make a deal... F- uh, sorry, Patrick and Joey make a deal for Patrick to take Kat on a date... God, we're still in Act One, plot wise. We're gonna we're gonna move fast through this. Uh, Cameron and Michael go to Patrick to try to help him with Cat. They get him to go on this date, and then they decide they're gonna throw this party. But this is a little confusing to me. Yeah. They decide to hijack. What's the kid's name? Bogey. Bogey's party. Bogey Lowenstein. Who they 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 drop a whole bunch of flyers all over this school. This is revenge, though, because if you, you might have missed it, but in the no, very... No, the, the golf thing? Is that what you're talking about? No, no, no. It's because Bogey was the hostile takeover of the young... Yes. Sure, but how does Bogey not know? The, they fucking set flyers all over the school. How does he not know that they're going to do this? <laughs> Good point. I like to think that Let's Bogey... Let's move on. <laughs> anyway. You're right. You're right. Yeah, right, right. I'm just but, making sure that I'm not crazy. Yeah, no. I no, mean, right. that makes no sense. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, they drop a whole bunch of flyers to air Sexy Boy. It's a it's a great needle drop, even though it's weird. It's a weird tonal, but anyway, I still liked it. 
that's, that scene was stolen from a much different and yes, possibly different. superior film. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, Cameron and Michael meet Patrick at a bar. And this was when I started asking myself, how old is Patrick? What, what is, is his deal? What is going his, on? His best friend is like a 40-year-old skinhead straight out of train spine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like or like one of the guys from also, the Big Lebowski, the, the Nihilists. Also the, yeah, who's also like, I think... I think he's like the 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 straight arrow of that pair because yeah. he's the one who keeps like putting out yeah. his, cigarettes, his cigarettes, which he's lighting in chem class. Which it's what? insane. Uh, so they meet him at a bar, uh, and they convince him that he needs to go to Club Skunk, a <laughs> punk feminist club that we've spoken of mm-hmm. with Cat. And he says, I, I can't be caught dead at Club Skunk. I can't go there. And then he gets there. He's like, Hey, man, what are you doing here tonight? <laughs> Patrick Verona. Yeah. It's weird. It's kind of hard to say exactly. Like, like I, I'd like to come up with some kind of unifying theory of Patrick Verona. Sure, um, please do. What? But but it's impossible. <laughs> um, right? There's yeah. context clues, but none of them make sense. I mean, because they have their big getting to know you moment yeah. where he reveals that like, he spent a year doing sort of a, a walkabout after his grandfather's death. And he lived in he lived in Australia until he was ten. Yeah, the accent it's real. It's real. But then, in theory, he was here from the ages of ten yes. to, I guess, twenty four. Get your story <laughs> because, straight, Patrick. Because he definitely looks like he's a minimum like twenty five years I, old uh, yeah. in this movie. I, I really despise his characterization. I do. I hate it. I think it's lazy. They don't do Oops. any. They, they don't do any of the work there. This is not fucking Johnny from um, Breakfast Club, where they do all the work. In one room. Yeah, I know. You know, like... It, Say what you will about Breakfast Club. Like, the characterizations are very well drawn. It's fucking brilliant. We can talk about that later. We will. Um, so, then the dad makes Bianca wear the belly, a.k.a. a pregnancy <laughs> suit, before she goes I to the party. I actually sort of like this moment. <laughs> Me too. Because I, I liked I liked when, Le- when Ledger walked away with the... He's like, I mean, what's up with your sister? Yeah. Who knocked up your sister? Who knocked up your sister? <laughs> there, there are a couple moments. That they yeah. almost feel like accidents. They almost feel like somebody yeah. like got away with Slipped this when in. the director yeah. wasn't looking. Yep. I think that it is the sign of good writing. I think that these are good writers, right? That, that mm-hmm. that's taking yeah. that actually blunts a legitimately good I, and that's taking that that's taking that joke to a logical extreme that yes. that, that feels yep. contextually earned. Mm-hmm. I I. I truly, I was almost, you know, not going to say this. I was impressed with the script. I felt that throughout. I agree. I, I, you can feel the better movie and the movie that the writers sure. wanted it to be throughout the script. There are nice tags on things. There are yeah. nice random jokes. There's enough smartness to it. Um, and then the uh, somebody just did Didn't not follow through. Somebody, yeah. somebody so, named GJ. <laughs> Could be anybody. So they, they go to they, the this whole party happens. Gilly um, and Jacobs. What? Just a random GJ. Cat uh, gets drunk <laughs> at the party and starts dancing on a table. We got to get through this plot. Here. Um, the dance is great. She gets dance. She gets drunk, dances on a table. Uh, Patrick helps her out. He he's very concerned about a concussion. I mean, she knocked her head briefly on the chandelier, but he makes it sound as though it's like a life threatening thing, as opposed to just like knocking it. Repeatedly, or just a long knock. All, all knocks are pretty brief. Oh, sure, but I. You're right. It's silly. Okay, thank you. It's silly, but I mean, <laughs> on the the scale of absurdity no, and believability in this anyway, movie, it's actually kind of fine. It's kind of fine. They have a very, very. I actually think that that Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles had a really nice chemistry. They did. I mean, they dated in real life, and you can see that these two obviously are falling for each other in real time. 
which happens periodically. I think the one that jumps out at me is uh, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone in, in Spider-Man movies aren't good movies, but that first one, it's they're crazy. They're like you are watching two people just fall in love on screen. It's it's yeah, it's really cute. Uh, I I agree with you. I hate those both those movies, and they really yeah. work together. They really work together. Yeah. Uh, Patrick drives Cat home. She leans in for a kiss like no one's ever leaned in for a kiss. That before. is one of the most awkward things I've seen committed to. Just screen. so much eyes fully closed, committed, leaning halfway across the car. I guess she's supposed to be really drunk, but it, it doesn't it doesn't play the way that some of the jokes don't play. Like the concept yeah. was fine. The jokes on her. Yeah. Which I don't really want. At that That's moment in the movie. I, I agree. Yeah. No. But I, but at the same time, it does. It makes you respect him because if he, I just I think that had he, it would have been gross if he was during it, that moment. The 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 moment is fine. The execution of the moment was just painful. Yeah. 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 Uh, Yet again. Yeah. I think your I think your initial point, Ashley, is the point of the movie. It was <laughs> it, it was a flubbed execution. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't disagree. Uh, then we have the Cameron moment with Bianca. She, he drives her home. She, he gets angry. Up, he gets upset at her. She kisses him, and he says, "I'm back in the game." Cool. I don't know. I don't. I His agree. character is just awful. He sucks. Yeah. Um, although Joey sucks more and is a straight up rapist at that party because <laughs> he's doing some really just like gross. It's weird because I actually remembered, you know, I, had, I hadn't seen this movie in years and years. And I, I remember, oh, part of the reason she became this militant feminist that everyone thinks is a quote unquote monster mm-hmm. is because of something that happened with Joey. And I, I so thought I remembered that it was a rape thing. I mean, it seems and basically it, like a rape feel like, thing. I feel like the script probably had something different planned I, and then they pulled their punch I a little. fully, fully agree with you. Um so Cameron tells Patrick that he embarrassed Kat by not kissing her back, and then he needs to embarrass himself now, which leads us to our infamous scene where he sings, I can't take my eyes off of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he gets detention, and then Kat gets him out of detention by lashing the teacher. It's a, I mean, is she, she supposed, I mean, it seems like she was, like, fully topless, like, not wearing that's, a bra. That's what they sort of imply. It's, a, it's, it's not cool. Hard to say. Yeah, I I actually find it so so upsetting. I like that Kenny's the arbiter of yeah. what happened. Gonna sit this one out. Sorry, hard hard to say. I I actually would rather focus on the fact that then they cut from that to the yes. fact that they're paddle boating and going nowhere and going nowhere. And I just wish that we had seen the conversation right after she shows oh, her yeah. teacher her tits. Yeah. And then it's like, so I guess paddle boating. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this movie is stupid as shit. (laughs) It's so weird. weird. And then then directly to paintball. Like paddle boating. But not quite paintball. It's not paintball. It's paint balloons. Hold on. They, the. We're skipping over what I think is the best part, which is that they paddle, they pedal boated. To, to a paintball. paintball. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was their mode of the transportation. Mode of transportation no. to, it, was a, it was a seaside <laughs> paintball place that people that yeah. people get to yeah. buy a paddleball. And, and they're just like, should we? It's like, <laughs> are you ready? Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. All right, but you want to know, that was another moment I remember from the movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it, was another little, it was another little 90s weird decision yes. that yes. actually 
fucking work. Worked. It, it works. The paintball thing is adorable. Also, it great, is. great music cue. Semisonic. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Um, and they really, again, their chemistry is really clicking here. They're, the two of them are just working. And, yeah. and it's, again, I know that it's not showy in terms of the direction, but there are some nice long oneers that are in this movie, and that's one of them, where the camera pulls back, and you know, there's a bunch of... It's it's not a showy movie in that regard, but there's a lot of nice long shots that subtly fold into the show. So no, this, I think you did a good job. This scene works. Yeah. It's their it's their first kiss, it and is, it, is. it it's nice that it's not made. It feels yeah, real. Earned. It yeah. feels earned. Yeah. Real. I want to make a I want to make an argument. This is it, it's just about as perfect a first kiss scene yeah. that you can have in a movie. And I'm not saying that's the perfect scene you can have in any movie, but mm-hmm. in this movie, yeah, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, paintball is the right decision. Yeah. It's dangerous enough. It's not actually dangerous to yeah. the point of being ugly or weird. It's now, like, flirty. It's, it's colorful. It's, it's playful. colorful. Yeah. Again, it's not paintball. It it's is paint ball. balloon. Paintball, it's, it's, now, my yeah, question it is, is, is that a real thing? Because I've never done paintball because I'm afraid of it. Because it, it I've heard that it hurts. Yeah, okay. And so I'm like, is this a thing that I could engage in? Paint I, ballooning. Yeah, paint ballooning. You could have. Uh, okay. In, in, in 1989. Not anymore. No. And, and by the by the sea, <sighs> apparently. Yes. Paint pa- 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 ballooning by, by the, the sea. sea. <laughs> Lovely. Um, so then uh, Cameron, I do like that Cameron is still uh, tutoring Bianca with the, the textbook that has a hole drill. Yeah, that's cute. It. It's, a, it's a nice callback. Uh, but Bianca's just awful in this scene scene. and she's just terrible and i I, really hate this scene yeah because at this point you're like oh you're you both suck now and now i don't i don't i'm not rooting for either of you but anyway she's basically Um, like why don't you kiss me but she says it in french right yeah and with subtitles i don't even understand what's going on yeah it sucks uh michael then starts wooing cat's friend mandela i don't kind of out of nowhere a whole a whole Plotline just kind of manifests out of. They just <laughs> the dropped in a D story. <laughs> they just did. They just yeah. dropped in a, 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 a Shakespeare theme. <laughs> D story. And, and I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I, I kind of liked it. Me too. Okay. Well, for one I thing, I Susan it. Susan May Pratt is. Yeah. I mean, she had a big year. She did. Have she had a, very a big big year because she did yeah. this, and then she did um, Drive Me Crazy, <laughs> and then she did Center Stage, where she had a pretty big part yeah. in rapid succession. Yeah, another. I Pretty love excellent movie. Center Stage. I yeah. love Center Stage. Uh, then we get Bianca watching the real world Seattle in her bedroom, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which was, you know. Wait, up. incidentally, this mm. is going back for a second, but I have to bring up just because I spent a lot of time on it. Um, Cat's bedroom. When they go in, when when Bianca brings Cameron in there to get yes. the dirt yeah, on her whole, sister, yeah. the black underwear. It well, yeah. there's that, which is so gross, it and also she untrue. Wants to have sex. Yeah. Those Obviously. were the least sexy Ob- black underwear no, I've ever seen. No, in no, 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 Phil, Phil. <laughs> no, Phil. Black underwear <laughs> means is, sex. Doesn't matter what they look like. It's a one to one. Okay. 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 Oh. okay. No, okay. but like, I just adored what a set deck fail that entire bedroom oh was. Because, yeah, really, I mean, it's, it's an rough. actual huge plot point. I smell what? a tumbler. Set deck fails. <laughs> set deck fails. <laughs> If I was not lazy, I would definitely do that. But I mean, it's a huge plot point. Her taste in music is a huge plot point. And the posters on that wall, Mm -hmm. she would kill herself. Who was in it? Creed or? Uh, Seven Mary Three. (laughs) Fastball. Fastball. (laughs) Sprung Monkey. I'm like, this. Did you literally. She would kill herself. Seven Mary Three. Um, So in this scene. That's what all good Riot girls listen to. Seven Mary Three's Cumberson. That's a good song. Cat shows up in Bianca's, Bianca's room and says and gives the whole story about how she had this sex with the, Joey. This is yeah. this the the the, 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 the 
subtext of this podcast has been me trying out for Ashley's 90s cover band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have I, I, I mean, you're in. Have I, I made it yet? I didn't, uh, are you the manager? I mean, have I made I'm it not yet? the manager. I can't speak to I that. Feel, I feel I like I'm leaning towards. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. <Noted>. All right. <laughs> uh, I will sing any song. Kat shows up at Bianca's bedroom to continue mm-hmm. uh, and tells her about the fact that she, I mean, doesn't tell her, alludes to the fact that she had sex with Joey. It's, uh, it's explicit to me, but... I mean, it is, yeah. but I'm just, I'm saying that the words are never actually yes. physically said, which is a little cowardly, but, or maybe, it, maybe they had to, I don't know. Uh, and this is when you realize, like, Joey's a fucking monster, like, full stop. He's just, just the worst person. I mean. And you want him, and thankfully he does get his, you know, comeuppance at the end. Also has the best line of the movie. I will get, I will tell you what it is when we get there. Okay, cool. Uh, Kat <laughs> tries to connect with Bianca and Bianca's shitty because Bianca's an asshole at this point in the movie and has yet to sort of realize what it takes to be a good human being. Um, she puts on her terrible prom dress that looks like something from uh, a Sex in the City porno. That um, dress. That dress. It's, midriff, it's actually it like, almost like, not great. Bad. Not bad. Kind of liked it. <laughs> with it wasn't the dress but it wasn't actually flattering on her i I think that i think that it was just a it was a poorly matched dress to actress scenario so uh we get to the prom and then in the bathroom chastity turns into a horrible person and says to uh bianca he was gonna nail you after prom in regards to joey Chastity's uh, Gabrielle Union's character, who was, who was like her best, best friend. friend for the whole yeah. movie. Which, incidentally, it wasn't even a, a bet at that point. Essentially, she's like, that guy who's been trying to nail you was going to try to nail you <laughs> yeah, after like, the prom. And the she's like, wanted oh, to no. nail you. Yeah. And yeah. she's also and like, like she's also like, scandalous <laughs> about this. <laughs> she's also like, and now you missed out and he's going to nail me. Yeah. yeah. It's so weird. It's, really it's so like, weird. It's, it's the. It's also like, he, Joey is, he's, he's not likable at all, but he's also kind of a boring villain like he again they pull their punches the worst thing he did was have sex with his girlfriend and then at the ripe old age of 14 break up with her when she was like i don't want to do that anymore which yeah it's not it's not not a cool move but it's not i think i don't think he's a monster i think he's a fucking dope i'm saying if you want a great moment of monstrous teen boy behavior wait for drive me crazy there's a really good one can't wait uh, Can't wait to do this. Cat overhears so Joey confront Patrick about their deal on the dance floor. She's obviously pissed. She's whatever. Bianca kicks the shit out of Joey in the middle of the dance floor, which is a great fucking moment. And mm-hmm. Joey has a line of the movie, uh, which is shit, Bianca. I'm shooting a nose spray ad tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Cat's dad tells her later the next day that he's supportive of her going to Sarah Lawrence. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice moment. It is. Uh, and then, and then Kat reads her poem in front of the class. Now, I'm going to say something here. It fucking worked for me, and it, I hate myself. I agree. It, I, I kind of teared up it, a little bit, and I was like, I'll read, Buck, what, I'll read what I oh said. My, okay. You guys are interested? I yeah, thought you were going to read the poem, and I got excited. No, I, I can't read that poem, <laughs> yeah. because I could never do it justice. Julia Stiles sells the shit out of that scene. Yeah. Should have won an Oscar. <laughs> So I'm in agreement, guys. Can I also yeah. say that apparently they only did one take of that. It's amazing. It's so First good. take, one take, done. It's kind of impressive. I also want to say that... It's amazing. Bustle, or Bustle? No, Bustle. Bustle. Like Hustle. Like Hustle. Okay. Hustle and Bustle, sure. 
Uh, they say Cat's actual poem, which is a glorified giftless listicle, not a sonnet, and actually names 14 things she hates about Patrick. <laughs> that's, that's, is, I believe that. Which is amazing. I feel like uh, if you're going to pick on things in this movie, that's like say, that's the least 150 first on my list. Guys, did you know that, like, in ironic, none of the things are actually ironic either? And uh, yeah. Are you going to go down that? I'm kidding. That's my. Dude, I that's know. what I'm saying. They, I know. Get over it. Just get Bustle. over it, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, I. But it's a but nice scene. It's a it's a nice scene. She sells the shit out she of it. I also, like I have a tick where I can't watch people cry without starting to Aww. cry. So then I'm just oh, doing really? that. Yeah. I can't, I can't watch can't. people cry without starting to laugh. <laughs> that's because Kenny has no soul. Bad we're tick. Like, we're like a yin and yang. Yes. Uh, bad um, tick. Yeah, not my but, best tick. But technically, but technically, it's garbage in terms of... The plot, because what happens is she's she finds out, and it's a big moment. This is why she should have won an Oscar. I have a I have a something to say okay. about that. Oh, but wow. it, what's crazy is that first of all, when she accuses him after the glorious you know paddle boating balloon dream date, um, she she get she goes right for what are you, why are you asking me to prom with like almost no provocation. Like she actually yeah. it comes out of nowhere. This is true. Then she's proven correct, which is actually a good kind of like. Stomach drop moment. Like the yeah. moment where she hears this, you're like, and then the resolution comes from the fact that she wrote a poem about how she actually it's fine and she still loves him. Like nothing happened in between these moments. So that's that's why I think she yeah. should have won an Oscar because on because <laughs> yeah. on the page, yeah, hundred yeah. percent right. They did nothing to earn that. The only way this was going to be earned is if the character in the moment came to the realization. That it was the that that it was beyond any stupid bet. That it's obvious they had gone right. They they had gone beyond the parameters of that, which is true, and which I respect. Like I, I kind of respect the movie for not giving us some stupid Heath Ledger moment where he has to explain it all. Where her just yeah. being like, you know sure. what? Like I get it. I get what happened, and I know what we have. Yeah, it it works, and it could have. They could have easily flipped it and had her find the guitar and then do the poem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they didn't. And I actually respect that choice because it yeah, in it a weird way anyway. it works. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, it's a nice ending. I mean, it, it, the movie's basically done at that point. She yeah. goes out, she sees the guitar, they make up. Yes. He had bought her a she, guitar yeah. that she had she calls him out liked at some point with the money. You know, yeah. and, then, and then there's a ludicrous, ludicrously expensive chopper shot. Yeah. To, not uh, a drone shot? <laughs> not a drone no. shot. Uh, of, it, of letters to Cleo it gives on top you some, of a fucking tower. It gives you some mm. nice closure because I spent the whole movie wondering where their budget went. And then I, <laughs> That's really funny. And then it yeah, because apparently it took $500,000 every time they had to take the helicopter. Did, did you guys watch... Every moment of Letters oh, to I, Cleo? I unfortunately did not see. The, I watched the, all the outtakes. The, the outtakes at the end. I know I, I fucked one. up. I didn't know that it was a thing. Have you ever seen worse outtakes in a movie in your life? They're so bad. I dropped it down a point because of the outtakes. <laughs> so um, let's do two very quick things because we are almost out of time. Okay. Um, the first is uh, let's talk about our favorite teen movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to talk about specifically to 99 because there's some that we, that Kenny and I have not revisited yet. So it feels as though we should just sort of talk broadly about teen comedies. I'm, I'm going to assume that this movie is not in anybody's top three or five at this not table. Not in my top 10. No. Yeah. It's not in my top five of 1999. Damn. Yeah. Cool. But okay. Uh, so <laughs> there were a lot of good ones. There I'd were a fault. lot of good ones. Um, so, Kenny, do you want to go first? Do you want to talk about your top three? Since it seems like you had them locked My and loaded. My top three are the top three of the internet. Mean <laughs> Girls, 
clueless at Breakfast Club. Have at me. I mean, I, 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 those are great movies. I don't know that I would put they're, them. They're so uninteresting. I'm so embarrassed. I'm going to try to think of something a little more. I mean, I, I think if election counts, I like election more than all of those movies, but I don't it know does if not feel on. like a teen comedy. I would actually say that I might give Ferris Bueller the edge on Breakfast Club. Not me. I love, I love them both, but Ferris Bueller, I don't know. I just, I, I think Ferris Bueller is, I don't know. I really love Ferris Bueller. I love Heathers as well. Um, and I mean, I probably would put Clueless up there. It's probably in my. It's probably up there. Dazed and Confused would also probably be up there. I happen to think Mean Girls is probably one of the five best movies of the decade it came out. Whatever you call that decade, I think it's also <laughs> the odds. I, I think it's probably it's the best studio it's comedy great. of that decade. Like I think that's, and I, obviously there are problems on a rewatch. That sure. It's not a perfect movie, but it's just it's a wonderful movie. Ashley. I love it. I my two easy ones are are clueless mm-hmm. and bring it on. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets harder after that. It gets a little harder because then there there's some things that I don't know if they count as teen movies. You know, like I, well, we, we Welcome can, to the Dollhouse is probably not a teen movie. movie, but it's if it was a teen movie, it'd probably be in my top three. The hard but it's mo- middle school, really. It's it's hard sometimes to like take a movie that would be classified as a comedy. Yeah, but I don't like it because it's funny. I oh I love it because it's funny. I think I think that it is a deeply funny film. It's a hard watch. It's, it's a, hard, a hard. It's watch. a hard watch. I think that the first time you watch it, you're nothing but disturbed, mm-hmm. and the second time you find it incredibly funny. I think it's a great movie. I I, I understand what you're yeah. saying, but, but like, I don't think it's because also teen movies really to me are just a sub subgenre of romantic comedies for the most part, and that's. That's not so. It's like it's hard. Virgin Suicides doesn't really feel like a teen movie to me. Welcome to the Dollhouse, to some extent. Election. I mean, that's closer. But and then honestly, I maybe I just have to. As my number three, I'm just gonna throw Drive Me Crazy in there. I'm just gonna oh, commit. Shit. I fucking love Drive Me Crazy. Uh-huh. It well, is I mean, not last night. I, I think well, it's because I re, for the umpteenth well, time. I know, but you. But this isn't. Yeah, this, this is fresh. Some, this persistence is not, of memory thing. Exactly. Is, I think what it is is for me. It is a perfect teen movie it's not a perfect movie mm-hmm. but it is a great version it's got everything you want a teen movie i love not another teen movie i think not another teen movie is a I would i've also, never it, seen that one <laughs> not another teen movie is at the at one moment a incredible spoof and also an incredible teen movie okay all the emotional beats are in the, in the exact right place and it ha- they have to be in order to elevate sure. it above whatever is the back fuck. to the future a teen movie no they're all teenagers. It's not though. You don't want to. You don't want to. All right. What about the craft? I, I mean, craft is great. Craft, movie. I would say. I, is. I think can't hardly wait. I mean, it's a fun teen can't, comedy. Can't, oh, when and Empire Records, Empire I have a soft Records, spot for. But these wouldn't make it into my top. Yeah. Three. Um. So let's. We got a zero to ninety nine. This. Do you know how this works? Actually. I, okay. We will. We'll walk you through. This. Okay. Pretty simple. Uh, we rank the movies from zero to ninety nine. Zero being the lowest. Ninety nine being the highest because it's ninety. Okay. Uh, and we rank it what we thought. Everybody if, either gets that and is insulted we explained it to them. Uh, or they're like, wait, yeah. can you say it again? But, uh, what we would rank it in 99 if we saw it in 99, what we would rank it before we did this podcast, and then what we would rank it after. And so it's 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 a score. Mm-hmm. It's not in in relation to other movies from 19... 19- I whatever, mean, like, it's whatever, whatever you think. Yeah, okay. and we, we generally speaking, we have a 50% threshold, which is if you if it's over 50, you would recommend this movie if it's under 50. Okay. Um, do you want to go first, Kenny? I love going first. Yeah. 
Uh, I before I watched the movie, my memory was a sixty-five. After watching this movie, uh, it was a seventy. Yeah. After watching the outtakes, it was a sixty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I uh, and after this podcast, I'm, I'm going to just I'm just going to go back. I'm going to go sixty-six. Like I definitely think it's a little stupider than I thought. Right. A couple that's going. I watched it, but um, or a week ago when I watched it, but um. I still think it's an enjoyable movie and a little a little better than than your average teen comedy. Um, okay, I'm gonna. I didn't really see it in '99, so I don't think it's fair for me to to rank it back then. Uh, but I will say that uh, after watching it, I would probably have given it a sixty. Um, and now after this podcast, I actually think it's a little high. I think I'm at a sixty-five now. Look at us. Hmm. Bedfellows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ashley? I, I so think in 99? In 99, I feel like I would have given it like a 60, sure. maybe. I think I, after watching it again, I would have given it like a 40. Ooh. I was I was not feeling it. All right. But then, again, it's like it built back up. The third act is the strongest. Yeah. I, I feel like they landed the emotional stuff. Sure. So now it's like, what... <sighs> A fifty, like what? What is? I feel like if someone was like, "Should I watch this?" I'd be like, "If if if you want to, if you feel like it." <laughs> it's a, it's it's innocuous. What it's about a, it's, like, yeah, it's like you're not gonna, like, you're not gonna like you, regret you tell, it. You tell deeply. me, Ashley, should I watch it? I'm like I'm like fifty fifty. Like, should... Yeah, you know, if you just if, it's on if TV, you feel like it's on, it. it's if it's on, on TV, I'd be constantly. like, sure, just like you know. Yeah. It sounds like a forty nine to me. I feel like I'm in a forty nine. Yeah, I'm like That's just shy of actively. If it's on TV, sounds like. Don't seek it out if it's on. If it's on, sit there and watch it. You'll be fine. It's, it's not drive me crazy. If drive me crazy is on, you should be fucking ninety nine. I'd like I'd like an honest. I'd, I, I, I'd like an honest number on drive me crazy before we leave. Honest number of, and this is like having watched it last of nineteen ninety nine movies or like every movie. No, no, ever every movie's ever been made. Yeah. I mean, I think for me personally, I'd give it like a ninety two. Oh, we like, have to watch wow. this movie. I, We'll do, we'll do it soon. Feel, we'll do it soon, uh, and yeah. we're going to do it with yeah. you, with or without agent. Yeah, yes. it's going to be great. I I don't want to oversell it though. I feel like I'm going to walk into just like a massacre. You guys are going to just be waiting for me, being like, no. I mean, I listen. I, I love a good we, teen movie. We might be, but I'm willing to be okay. I'm, but I, I again, I just watched it, which is why I have this confidence. Like otherwise, I'd be like, am I remembering it? Like nostalgically, am I kind of over romanticizing it? But like ninety, it's it's solidly I'm, I'm in the nineties for me. I'm excited to watch it. It's gonna be good. So we should talk about next week. We should talk about next week. Uh, next week we are doing the story of us, the, <laughs> the movie that everyone has been wait, waiting for us to cover. That laugh, yeah, betray <laughs> that laugh betrays an opinion on the the story of us. I would also say it is also the laugh of a person who has not seen the story of have us. Have you seen the story of us? I have seen the. Story oh, you of have. Us. Yeah. Fuck. You have I'm any thoughts? Sorry. What's that? You have any thoughts? I don't want to. I I don't want to yeah, okay. ruin any. We have uh, we have two special guests coming Great on guests. for for story of us. We have We're building uh, up the guests because we don't think it's going to be a very popular movie choice. <laughs> Todd Vanderwerf and his wife Libby are coming on uh, to talk about the story of us. Libby, um, Libby, Libby is also also a, a critic, pretty so prominent critic. She's not be... just his wife. I mean, come on, Phil. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, I, my apologies. Phil. I wasn't seriously, Phil. Who did you vote for for president? Bill Clinton's wife. I'm Canadian. Canadian. Oh, vote. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. Um, but but uh, good point. did you vote for Bill Clinton's wife? Nice. 
Uh, yeah, so we're going to have them on. We're going to talk, my guess is primarily about the career of Rob Reiner. Um, and no, we're going to talk about this we'll talk movie. We'll talk about the movie, but I mean, it's, like, it's like, the thing about this all movie, 94 minutes of it. The thing about this movie is that there aren't a lot of divorce comedies. So, <laughs> it's not, here not we the, go. <laughs> well, the, yeah, you know, the, I was going to say, I, I was honest, I was going to be like, it's like a Holocaust comedy, but we do have Jacob the Liar coming. So. We do. Get ready. Buckle yeah. up. Actually, you know, Jacob the Jacob the Liar with Robin Williams, where he's this in, movie this year is so Holocaust. crazy. You have a divorce I... comedy, you have a Holocaust comedy, yeah. you have a cannibal comedy, you yeah. have all the great all comedies the great are, made. <laughs> are made. In that all right, part. Ashley, thanks so much for, coming, so for on. coming on. Obviously, you're welcome. When, <laughs> I wasn't really looking for a response. <laughs> whenever <laughs> you, uh, whenever you want to come on to do Drive You Crazy, you let us know. You I will. To, yeah. I, I will. I will cold email Adrian Grenier. That's going to be great. And say, I bet. I bet he'll come on. I feel like I, I have I, ways feel, to, I, I think I have a way to get to him. Right. And that, I, that that will do be, that will be better than a cold email for me. But Okay. It it is actually irrelevant to me whether he can I mean like that would that would be sure. a lot of fun, but sure. I just want to talk about driving. I crazy. understand. Yeah. Uh you're on Twitter. What's your uh, what's your oh, Twitter handle? God, what is my Twitter handle? Never mind. It's if I you type in Ashley Lyle I yeah, think it'll come up. It'll I think so. I got the internet. It's like in front of a me. a something. I think it's Al Lyle I think it's Ash Lyle thirty three because I, I didn't know how it, I didn't know how it worked. I you're didn't not, know that you were supposed to come. You're up not Life of Lyle. No. <laughs> oh, that's some other Ashley Lyle. There are a lot of Ashley Lyles. It's hold it's on, sort everybody. of upsetting. Uh, hold this up. I'm gonna do this uh, because are you Ashen Lyle? No. Phil, you. This is pulling it up. No, this is this is. There's another TV writer named Ash. This is you. <laughs> what? There's another TV writer named Ashley yeah, Lyle who was on the original. Who was on the original? Ashley Lyle. Okay, that would be weird. So uh, Ashley's <laughs> Twitter handle. You can tell she's female. super into Twitter, guys. Um, no, but, I, but I've been yeah, trying. She, I've, she been, hates, I've been she, doing more she things. She hates Twitter. You can tell by her 2,000 tweets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and did you see her her banner? Are you looking at who that is? Oh, that, that's my, that's Jason Doring right there. Yeah. Jason Doring. Ashley's yep. a, also a big Veronica Mars huge fan. Big marshmallow. Yeah, I am. I am. And then he was on. He was on our show, so I get to work really. with him. So um, I'm, Ash I'm Lyle super is into that Ash show. and oh and everyone involved with it on Twitter. I am PM Iskov on I am Twitter at Nybart. That everyone knows how to spell because it's a very common last name. And we have a, a Twitter feed for the show, which is podcast like 1999. Please tweet and follow us and subscribe, subscribe and talk about us and rate us and do all those. Tune great in things. next week for the story of us. Do that later. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.